0: thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Scripts. This is your AEW All Out Post Show for now, Labor Day Monday, September 5th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your early Monday mornings, wherever you may be, and joined by tonight. Jesse, what is going on, man? What's going on, bro? I don't know, man. It's late. How are you, How are you feeling, bro, after this late, late, long, long evening? Exhausted, but, you know, feel good, man. It was a good night. It was a good night. It was a good night. Not one of AEW's best, but it was a good night for sure. And we're going to get right into it because I know we have a lot to talk about. And obviously the biggest thing of the night is MJF returning to AEW. And I love the way everything played out with him tonight. And he's going to be the biggest talking point for at least the next three days until we get to AEW Dynamite. I did say. That's <laughs> how you see the headlines tomorrow morning. I, I know. I'm hearing about it right now. Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Ooh. But uh, I will catch up on that possibly after this is over as I go lay in bed. But MJF, I talked about it on an extra that I did During the week, this was obviously before the weekend, a lot of rumor going around as to who will be the joker in the casino ladder match at All Out. There were a couple of notable names thrown in there in the rumor mill. One was Adam Cole. Didn't make sense for Adam Cole to win the casino ladder match and then get a championship match. He's better than that. Samoa Joe was the other name. I could have seen Samoa Joe making a return and winning that ladder match And getting a match with CM Punk in Queens at Grand Slam in three weeks, that would have been the safe choice to go with. But then the other name, Jesse, was MJF. And I said to myself, and I said to a lot of people, I don't think MJF is deserving of a ladder match. You just can't throw MJF out there and have him walk out through the curtain, through uh, Gorilla, and and pass Tony Khan as if nothing ever happened for him to win a ladder match and be the number one contender for the AEW title. That doesn't work. What they did is they did that, And I said on my extra a couple days ago, he needs to come in and be rogue. He needs to come in, and he needs to just own the fucking joint and be basically an outsider. And that's exactly what they did. We tie that into everything that's going on with Stokely Hathaway. We talked about this on Wednesday. Uh, From what we saw, Jesse, it looks like he's assembled his own fucking... uh, his own federation his own his own promotion he's got a ton of talent underneath him all these business cards are being handed out and then he comes out he climbs the ladder himself to Stokely, takes the fucking ship down and then he ushers out his biggest signing uh signee and which you know everybody was like who the fuck is this guy is it somebody new is it a new signing by AEW?" it ended up being mjf by the end of the night and mjf and cm punk had to stare down with mjf making references that he that he will be the world champion how, how did you enjoy how all of this played out, and were you pleasantly surprised to see MJF tonight?
1: Absolutely, man. He came out and get the reaction I expected. I mean, he got that reaction in Chicago, man.
0: He did. He got a bigger reaction than CM Punk after yes, winning the he, world championship.
1: Yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, big time. And um, I like how they did it. I don't know where they're going with this as far as him with... uh. With Hathaway, I don't know if this is his group. I don't know if he's in the group. I don't know if he's just hired this group to take care of this job for him. Not sure.
0: Well, apparently Stokely Stokely was the manager of MJF on the Indies. So there is history there. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did some research. Apparently, everybody that's in this group has had some form or fashion as far as a relationship with MJF is concerned.
1: Ah, how come nobody fucking looked that up before tonight?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I was doing my research on it before uh, all of this happened, and I'm like, that's got to be MJF. They played the Rolling Stones Sympathy with the Devil when he came out. He obviously everybody knew it was MJF just based on the fucking verbiage and the song and then his walk. A lot of people say, like, oh, that's MJF's walk. Oh, that's his mannerism, you know? So a lot of people were kind of like, that's oh, got to be MJF. I was one of those people. Oh, it's got to be MJF. And I'm happy to see that we got the unveiling of this Joker tonight otherwise i would have been very very pissed off coming on here but we did get mjf and it looks like we're getting cm punk and mjf as we head into dynamite and into what is going to be an absolutely tremendous grand slam show at art the rash stadium cm punk won the world title jesse from john moxley and this creates a whole different line of discussion now obviously a lot of people are still upset about the situation that happened with Moxley beating Punk in three minutes. I think a lot of people are going to end up forgetting about that as we move on to this MJF narrative now. But it does look like at the end of all of this, it was basically nothing more than a publicity stunt or a ratings stunt. And Tony Khan wanted to take a shot in the dark, take a risk and go with what he did. Having CM Punk lose in the interim championship match in three minutes. Now, do you feel any different about that after what we saw tonight?
1: Unfortunately, no, man. I mean, I get the overall story I think that they were trying to tell. I just it I I I just don't see the reason in beating your top talent in three minutes on national television. Yeah. Either do the match, do the match. Or don't. That's all I'm saying about this whole ordeal. It's not about Punk losing. It's not about Punk winning. It's about the way that they did it. Just do the full match. Give us ten minutes. Let Mox win, or whatever outcome you wanted to go with. Or don't do the match. Don't tell us you're going to unify the titles. You know, and and this is the first world title unification match in AEW history, throw it on the middle of the show, make it a three-minute match, and say, now pay me 50 bucks if you want to see the real match. You got the match that you wanted
0: then, tonight.
1: Tonight. Tonight's Tonight's match. Tonight was a great match. Tonight was the match that I I expected that they would both deliver, yes. Yes. Tonight was a great fucking fight. There's all kinds of story behind it and everything else. Tonight's match, fan-fucking-tastic. Did we need something this fantastic two weeks ago on TV? No. No, this could have been two to three times better than what we would have gotten on Dynamite two weeks ago. They still I, could have given us a, get, a good fucking 10 minutes of actual wrestling in a, in, a, in a match that makes it look like they were about to go, you know, all into it. But then his foot gave out, you know, then he lost as opposed to like, we're going to get in the ring. We're going to get a couple of DDTs and Mox is going to walk away and fuck you off. I mean, what was the purpose? Don't do the match at all. Just give us one match at all out. Well, we gotta do the match. Fine, do the match and give us a ten minute fucking main event. Make it look like it was supposed to be an actual match. Just, just look like you just fucking baited and
0: switched us. Jesse's opinion is probably a lot of the IWC, and I'm gonna stick to my guns on what I said on Wednesday's podcast when we did this together on Wednesday. Sticking to my guns, they did it. It was basically favor for favor. Tony Khan wanted a big rating. He got a big rating. The rating the following week was basically the same rating as it was. That week, he pulled the stunts. So he didn't really lose any fans. A lot of people were still interested in what was going on. They told the story. They wanted a story with this, the foot, Cleveland. I said it, then I'm going to say it. Now, you can't have Moxley, you know, win the interim championship and be interim champion and then ask him... Yeah, man, thank you for carrying the load for two months while CM Punk was out. We're going to have you going to Chicago, and all that you did, you are a run of a lifetime. We're going to have you drop that interim title, and uh, goodbye in Chicago to CM Punk. It was all a favor for favor. I honestly think it worked in Tony Khan's favor. I thought that he did a favor for John Moxley. Fine, and... The way I see it, I don't think that's a big deal anymore. I think we have bigger issues to tackle now, Jesse. And the reason why you are feeling that way, and a lot of people are feeling the same way you are, this all could have been avoided if Tony Khan didn't have an interim fucking champion to begin with, and we would have gotten everything that we gotten tonight without having John Moxley to beat CM Punk in three minutes. The interim championship seemed to have kind of thrown everything to this controversial fashion and if they didn't do interim i don't think we'd be here arguing amongst ourselves as a community 100 agree 100 agree
1: bro let me tell you something this media scrum is gonna be the talk of the
0: fucking rest of i don't the know day. bro listen man <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll 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 discuss that we'll watch it, man i i don't want to i don't want to take away from you know the vibe that we got here and the energy that we got here. I want to stay on track. You know, if you guys want to talk about, if you guys want to go watch the scrum, go watch the fucking scrum. I don't want you.
1: No, 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 no. Stay here. Stay here. I mean, you, you're not going to get it all. We're going we're gonna to cover this shit anyway. But Punk is, Jesus Christ, dude. He's still he's still speaking. He's the guy's out there fucking eating his dinner. He's walking away right now. He's he just ate a whole meal. At the media, (sighs) scrum, He just fucking, like, uh, called out Alvarez. He fucking
0: called Hangman. uh, Oh, man, dude, man. Now, I'm going to watch this after we're we're finished here. but Man. All right, the last thing that you said was 100% you agree. Interim champion is the reason why we all were the way we were as a community because of this three-minute squash by Moxley on CM Punk.
1: Yeah, this, this this interim title shit, I mean, maybe it wasn't thought all the way through. With him, I mean, I guess in theory, it sounds kind of great. You know, well, we can get a unification match. This is net. Maybe it it was a great idea. Then the injury happened. Now we got to try to, you know, figure something out from here. And they came up with this three-minute squash. And then we're going to do the same match again in two weeks. That was a complete clusterfuck. And I'm not going to let them blame it on the foot injury when we shouldn't have had this fucking problem with the interim titles
0: as it was to begin with. Okay. I mean, I get it. I get everybody's point of view. I feel like I'm right in the case. I'm pretty sure that I am, and that's the way the situation was to Tony Khan. I think him and I, me and TK, are probably thinking on the same wavelengths, or we, we are thinking on the same wavelengths as what he was originally thinking with why he did what he did. But, Jesse, like I said, we now open up a whole new can of worms. CM Punk yeah. won the World Championship tonight against John Moxley and what I thought was a great match in the main event. They, they bled. They, they went at it. It was exactly what you want out of a World Championship match. Hot crowd in Chicago. Punk wins the World Championship. MJF wins the Joker, or wins the ladder match as the Joker. He wins the casino chip. He's now the number one contender via that way for the AEW World Championship. Now we run into a situation where you have your absolute biggest entity that's been out For all these months back on AEW television. He's the number one contender. And this is the match that we had talked about months ago. About him doing and him beating Punk for the world championship. Now you just crowned CM Punk the world champion at All Out. And we have Grand Slam coming up in three weeks. Now the question is when do you do this match? Because MJF and CM Punk is going to happen. When do you do it? Do you do it at Grand Slam if you do it at Grand Slam, you're risking taking the title off of CM Punk, making him a two-time world champion, and hot-potatoing your world championship to finish this story? Or do you wait for Full Gear, which was announced in New Jersey tonight, and then, if that's the case, you run the risk of making this storyline drag all the way until the middle of November when it doesn't need to go that long? What do you do now, Jesse? Now Tony Khan is looking at a completely different set of circumstances. I don't know, man. If I, I listen, I if I'm I booking don't it,
1: fucking, I don't know, man. If I'm bro, if I'm booking it,
0: hold to climb himself out of, bro. If I'm booking it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Doing it at Grand Slam.
1: Punk is already a two-time fucking champion now. Yes, and his next opponent is is MJF. What are you telling me MJF is going to lose? No, no. So when
0: MJF Punk, wrestles CM Punk, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that CM Punk needs to become the world champion. Uh Uh-uh, MJF needs to be the world champion. So. (laughs) He needs to beat Punk for that title, no question. Oh, my God, dude. I'm doing it at Grand Slam. Grand Slam legitimately is in Arthur Ashe. It's in Queens. It's less than a half an hour from Plainview, Long Island. So, TK is just going to try to make it
1: the summer of Punk Any way he can. Punk's gonna be a four time champion before Christmas at
0: this fucking rate, dude. No, this is it for Punk. When he loses the title to MJF, that's it. I still believe that after the reaction that we got tonight with MJF coming out there, bro, he's the anti. He's the Antichrist. That's exactly what he is. He's the Antichrist, and he got a bigger reaction than CM Punk after he just won the title in his hometown. There is no doubt in my mind that CM Punk is going heel after he loses that title to MJF. Yeah, CM Punk already went heal tonight, bro. Well, that's that. <laughs> that's that. For everybody that uh, ragged on me, oh, he's not going heel. Yeah, he's going heel. He's going he heel went heal tonight in the fucking scrum, I'll tell you he that. He went heal in the fucking scrum, bro. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. I mean... It's not sloppy booking. It's, it's, it, I, I actually quite enjoy the way Tony Khan handled this, and I like the way he handled most of the show. I thought the show was too fucking long. That was my main criticism about the show. I don't think we needed 15 fucking matches tonight. No, you can tell they knew that, too, because a lot of the matches would just get zipped through. But MJF is on his way to a world championship, and uh, I do believe it should be at Grand Slam. In Queens, he wins that world title. I mean, you want, and like I said, this is, this is the prime time for him. He's going to be in the midst of contract negotiations as soon as this year is over. Their contract with Warner Media is up in 2024. He's going to have all year to negotiate a contract. He wants to put his best foot forward, and this is the storyline that he's got. It's all part of the plan. He had to rework it a little bit because CM Punk broke his foot, but it's all a part of the plan. Stokely Hathaway is a part of the plan. They even showed, uh, or rather they played, a clip of Tony Khan calling MJF before All Out tonight, almost begging him to be in the casino ladder match, paying him bleep amount of money. And he took him up on the offer. Does that factor into anything? Is CM Punkin end up blaming Tony Khan for that? I don't know how they're going to do the turn. I mean, at this point, at this
1: stage of the game, bro, It would be easy as fuck to turn punk heel. I'm telling you right now, dude, he went off on, he went off on Colt Cabana. Say he doesn't even, Colt doesn't even deserve to have his name mentioned by himself, by punk. He went off on Colt. He went off on Hangman. He went off on Alvarez. This guy went fucking full blown heel. Why did he go off on Alvarez? He's already heel. Why did he go off on Alvarez? I saw the I saw the video you did on me saying I wouldn't have business for myself, you know. But if um, you know, if 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 I reply, if I if I reply with a defense, then it sounds like I'm being defensive. So I just, you know, let you guys think he went off on the media, Cocabana, Hangman, and that's in the few minutes that I got to watch before I had to hop in here. He's gone now, he's gone, but
0: he went full blown heel at this fucking media scrum, bro. Full blown. He's going here. He's officially going heel on TV whenever he loses that title.
1: Absolutely. Man. It's going to get good. It looks it look like it's going to get fucking interesting. It looks like outside of Chicago, he's he's going to be a hated man, bro. Good. It looks
0: like it. Good. That's the way it needs to go. Yep. So I think we're all in agreement here. Grand Slam. Yeah, man. Grand Slam, MJF World Championship. Yeah. MJF needs to be the champion. I mean, I'm not going to look back at
1: the road to what we got here and try to figure out what to do going forward because I think the road getting here was pretty fucked up and pretty stupid. So let's just focus on making it right, which is make MJF champion, and just try to fix everything going forward. Because at this point, Punk is now a two-time champion when he loses the MJF. He's going to get it back at some point, whether it be a week from then or a year from then. He's going to be champion again. He's going to be a fucking three-time champion already. Let's, let's just focus on going forward and going forward. Yeah. MJF needs to beat him for that title in New York or New Jersey.
0: What happens to John Moxley? Good question, bro. John Moxley, you know, uh, you know, the reason why I said what I said is because John Moxley had the run of a lifetime with what he did to carry this company on his back while CM Punk was out with injury because he foolishly broke his foot. This is why John Moxley beat CM Punk in Cleveland in three minutes. You had to give him a huge thank you. You had to reward that man. And Moxley was going to do business because it was the best business for the company. I'm going to win in Cleveland. I'm going to put you over in Chicago. Fair deal. That's exactly what happened. Now, Jesse, what happens to, to John Moxley? Does he stay around the top of the card? Does he get involved with MJF because they have history? Or does he just retire back to the Blackpool Combat Club and just... Go about doing his business, having fun, going to GCW, doing the indies, just living life. Bro, Punk won clean as a whistle, and we
1: have a new number one contender. Yeah. So Moxley is back at the fucking line. What happens with him at this point? I don't know, but he's done at the top of the card for right now. I think, I think he. I think he suffered the worst in in this in this poor judgment of the interim uh, championship shit.
0: It kind of looks that way. Yeah, it does look that way. Uh, the interim championship situation. You know, Tony kind of loves his interim championship circumstances. I wonder if that's going to be a fucking option in the new AEW Fight Forever video game. Will we have interim champions in the video game? Fucking. Shit. I hope so. Thing that I we see it every be. fucking time someone goes down with injury. Interim champion. The other big thing that happened tonight, I mean, I don't know what else you guys want, want us to say about MJ. I mean, it is what it is. It's clear as day. It's clear as day. Open your eyes. You see it. He's back. Thank God he came back. I'm glad they revealed him tonight. I'm glad they didn't wait till Dynamite to reveal him. Some people said the reveal at the end went flat. Some people wanted him to walk out as the world champion tonight. I don't know if that would have been right for, right for business. I mean, I don't think the crowd would have minded. But obviously, Dude, they, have, that they, cared. they have Grand Slam to sell. Grand Slam is nowhere near a sellout. They're going to do that with this match now. So I, I think this is the right way. It didn't come off flat. Tony Khan's got to slowly build this thing and get the pieces where he needs to get it. He's got TV shows and uh, events coming up that he needs to be prepared for. Can't give everything away. That's just the, the sheer impatience of the fucking audience. So I'm glad Tony Khan is reserved and has patience because these people, they want instant gratification. And I'm glad I'm not a part of that uh, that cancerous group of people. But the only other thing that I really, really, really thoroughly enjoy, Jesse, uh, two things, actually, on this show. Number one, the Trios Championship Tournament Final. Absolutely fucking incredible match with all six of those guys Probably will go down as one of the best tag team matches of the year. Pro- you know, I would probably rank this under the two FTR Briscoes matches for tag team match of the year. That's how fucking good it was. It was tremendous. It was. It was really good, man. Everything about it, it was It was produced well. It was executed well. It was It was fucking great, man. And the acclaimed, the acclaimed and swerving our glory, I, I did not expect that match to be as good as it was. But holy shit, man, if the acclaimed was over after tonight, they are not only more over, but I think they gained the respect of a lot of fucking people tonight. That match had no business being as good as it was because we never we never seen an acclaimed like that before tonight, man. And they absolutely fucking killed it to a point where they are now made men. They are now on their way to being legit superstars in this company.
1: Yeah, I've been saying this for a while now that they were wasting the way on dark and they need to be on TV and, and and they're over as fuck. And they finally got the stage and the platform to, to do something with it. And I think it, I think it took everyone by shock how over they were, how much the crowd got behind them and how great that match was. Um, This was, this was the perfect opportunity to say, you know what? We're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on these guys and just yeah. go with it, man. I mean, I understand you know, what the I understand the plan of what the outcome was going to be. That's why like three quarters into this, I was like, holy shit, dude, you got to fucking call an audible. You might have to change this fucking outcome, man, because it will legit pop the crowd. You can fix this on the back end. You can do a rematch at the next pay-per-view and put the titles back on them, but you you got a chance of, of legit making this tag team and putting them over the top tonight. Now... You got to try to recreate that magic you just got in Chicago. Good luck. And we've been down this path with Jurassic Express, and it didn't work out well for them.
0: No, no. And say, say, save that when we get to the match, because uh, I'm right there with you. I agree with uh, everything you just said there briefly. Um, a lot of people wanted an audible on that match, and uh, I agree. But we will talk about that when, uh, when we get there. Otherwise, guys, um, we're going to get right into it. I thought tonight's show was very good. Uh, if I had to choose one or the other, uh, I'm going to take Clash of the Castle over All Out tonight. Um, and I'm not being a Triple H shill just the way that I am. And the one defining factor in that is Tony Khan needs to fucking get with the program and realize that quality should be over quantity. The show did not need to be 15 fucking matches. And yes, I'm counting the four matches that are in the pre-show. The zero-hour shit, gotta go. You can do a pre-show match or two. But that shit's gotta go. It honestly added nothing to the show. I'm not even gonna really review the matches that were on that show. We'll go over the matches and who we'll won them. But I don't know how you felt, Jesse. I know I put out a tweet. Some some agreed with most agree with me. Some bad seeds. Are, Just why don't you enjoy pro wrestling? But like I said, bro, you know you and I know NXT Takeover better than anybody. You give me Takeover New York in the fucking five matches that it was, bro. You charge fifty dollars. At the Barclays Center to watch this shit live on pay-per-view, you're going to walk away fucking completely satisfied and wanting more, bro. That's, to me, a great wrestling show. Clash of the Castle, honestly, was very reminiscent of a takeover show with six matches. It was three and a half hours long, three hours and 45 minutes, whatever it was, and it did not overstay its welcome. Tony Khan put 11 fucking matches on tonight that went four hours. And a lot of them, really, you're going you're gonna to forget tomorrow morning when you wake up and start preparing your barbecue for Labor Day. I don't really understand people's, you know, m- method or, or, or mindset, mentality, that you need fucking 15 matches to warrant a $50 fucking price tag for pay-per-view. Half of the fucking matches didn't even matter. You could have saved them for dynamite. How do you feel about that, bro? And does Tony Khan really need to get this thing down to maybe seven, eight matches and really, just put the best of the best out there instead of giving us fucking fluff. I can, I can, I can see. I mean, look, the quick answer
1: is yes. All right, this it's it's too fucking long. You need to condense it. You know, you just need to get down to the nitty gritty of it and put that on TV. But um, I, I guess I kind of see the the issue he comes into where he doesn't do a pay per view every month, so it's easy to put four weeks worth of build into a three hour pay-per-view but when you get four months of feuds and build and very limited tv time to do it i can see how the pay-per-view could get kind of cluttered at the end of four months three months or whatever it is you know so i so i i can see that because now when you cut stuff out of the pay-per-view and it doesn't make the pay-per-view then what the fuck? Were we, what the fuck was everyone else doing for that last few months? What what were they doing? What were they building? Where's their payoff? Yeah, you know. I'm so I, I see the dilemma, but unfortunately, I don't think it's a good idea to to mess up you know the flow of an entire pay per view, you know, just because you don't have enough TV time or pay per views to get all of your feuds uh, a payoff spot.
2: Well, I mean, so this that's is why they I mean, have
0: the TV specials. I guess they got to yes. build more towards no, I those. Was, I was just going to get into that. I mean, that's the reason why you have these TV specials and you have the the the, the fucking uh, the Battle of the Belts and all this other shit. You right. know, put put right. emphasis on that. You don't need to load the show up with fifteen fucking matches. Yeah. Oh no, I agree, man. I agree. So that was the only takeaway that I had. I mean, it's just a glaring negative every time. Like I don't, I don't. I mean, thank God I'm not there. I mean, I wish I was there for the fucking goddamn scrum now. With what's going on, but I'm glad I wasn't sitting there for five hours. Jesus fucking Christ. And and I would not even be able to go live. I wouldn't have the energy to go live for you guys. Apparently, he's been all in on the EVPs as well. We'll we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, he went off on everybody, I guess. We'll uh, we'll figure that out when we get there. But listen, guys, I want to thank you so very much for joining us here on Off the Script. Right now, I believe we are the number one watched podcast in the entire community. We're all out, and I appreciate you guys very, very much. We are uh, double fightful and everybody else as well. Uh, so thank you very much for all of your supports. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. On my social media, link down below. You guys can follow Jesse right there on screen at Smart. He's also got a YouTube channel, does live watch-alongs for AW Rampage and Dark. Monday and Tuesday, you guys can go follow him on YouTube as well. Same thing, Chi-Town Smark. And you guys will find all his stuff there on YouTube. Jesse, let's uh, start with the Zero Hour. I want to just briefly go over the Zero Hour stuff. We got Simi Guevara and Melo beating Ortiz and Ruby Soho in uh, what was a decent little match here. This was the third of uh, three matches that they had. Uh, so we got the AAA Tag Team Championships on the line here. I mean, I couldn't give a single fuck about the AAA Tag Team Championships, but... You know, I guess people want to see more Sammy Guevara, Tay Mello, Ortiz, and Ruby Soho. So we got Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, and Tay Mello winning here. Um, apparently, Ruby Soho broke her nose, bro. She broke her nose in this match, and uh, she's going to be out for a little bit. And I don't really see the sense in this match to begin with. And now we're looking at Ruby Soho, who can't can't seemingly catch a break, and now she's got a broken nose. Look,
1: does that mean that Ruby Soho now has heat with? Uh... Tay Mello?
0: Yes. Did yes. So Tay
1: Melo go,
0: yes, yes. go hide in the bathroom? Yes. Yes, apparently she went to go hide in the bathroom and she was crying and uh, Ruby Soho was threatening to kick her ass and end her career. There we go. Okay, yeah. just making sure. Yeah. So we got that. Sammy Guevara, uh, he got run over by a uh, a golf cart here in the beginning of this match. He didn't even wrestle in his ring gear. He was in a fucking suit. And Tay Melo wasn't even in her ring gear. She was dressed in uh, black spandex pants and a very glittery shirt. So... Uh, This match got started right away, and they didn't even have time to uh, go change. They were interrupted in a video uh, promo backstage, and they got that match started right away. But we got them retaining the championships on zero hour. Hook defeated Angelo Parker, cool hand Angelo Parker, uh, with Matt Menard on the outside. That went about four minutes. And uh, after the match, Menard attacked Hook and stomped away at him in the corner. Action Bronson, who sings Hook's theme song, emerged from ringside, and he took out both members of 2.0. And uh, Hook and Bronson took care of them, and they celebrated in the ring after Hook had uh, basically started judo-throwing Menard and uh, Angela Parker, rather. And that was pretty much it. He went for an exploder, and he went for red rum, and uh, Parker tapped out immediately.
1: That's who that was. People were saying it was Bray Wyatt or something. I was like, Who, who the uh, fuck no, is that? I man? mean,
0: I mean, what's with? I mean, all this Bray Wyatt. So, oh, why didn't Bray Wyatt show up at Clash of the Castle.
1: Dude, I don't know what's going on. Who gives on, a shit? On your Twitter timeline, like Bray Wyatt and like and like Malachi, The same names have been trending for like a week. Yes, like, every day I'm looking at Bray Wyatt trending on my damn time. You
0: know what? We got Solo Sokoa and we get Bray Wyatt. You know what? I'm fucking happy about that. Good. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh, shit. We got a bomb. We got two bombs in the chat.
0: Whoa! We got Angel Alaga with a $100 super chat, and we got Nathan Hexum with a $100 super chat. You guys are uh, bombing away tonight, man. Thank you guys very much. We will uh, go over all the super chats at the end of the show. You guys can join Nathan and Angel Alaga and get those super chats. And also, memberships are open. Get them on in. Become a VIP right here on OTS. And uh, you guys got seven new emotes coming in the next couple weeks, man. Just keep an eye out for that and join the channel memberships. Also, hit that like button. I need 2,000 minimum on tonight's OTS AEW All Out post show. So Hook defeats Cool Hand, Angela Parker. Uh, Nothing much there. Of course, Hook is going to win. He's not losing anytime soon. Got the All-Atlantic Championship Pack defeated Kip Sabian. I'm liking Kip Sabian's look. He's got some nice theme music as well. I thought that was pretty cool. Pack obviously got the victory here with the Black Arrow. I find it very odd, Jesse, that all of this, you know, sitting in the crowd and sitting with a box on your head for months and months and months all led to a pre-show match on All Out only for him to lose. I don't really get that. Well, he's still just Kip Sabian. And he's just Kip Sabian, yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, there, there
1: are... Way more uh, higher priority guys on the roster right now than Kip Sabian. I mean, it's not like a dig at him, but unfortunately it's true. There's a lot of the higher priorities on the,
0: on the roster right now than Kip Sabian. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Kip Sabian was actually talking to his uh, empty box head after the match was over. Very, re- It actually reminded me, very reminiscent of Mankind, when he used to lose matches and pull his hair out and rock back and forth and fucking talk to himself. No, I thought about Al Snow talking to his head. Or that. Or yeah. that. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from Kip Sabian. Maybe we see a little bit more from him. Uh, After the match was over, Tony Schiavone tried to interview Pac about what's next with the All-Atlantic Championship. Out comes Orange Cassidy. So we may be getting a rematch from uh, All-Out a couple of years back, Jesse. If you guys uh, remember, they had one hell of a match. You know, the match that a lot of people weren't looking forward to and, you know, said Orange Cassidy sucks as a wrestler, but he blew everybody's mind against Pac. Remember that match? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. So we're we gonna get like that? every every Orange Cassidy yeah. match. You mean? Yeah. You, you mean the, the the Orange Cassidy that went in there against Will Ospreay and people were like, "Oh, this match is gonna suck," and it ended up being one of the best matches of the year. Yeah, That Orange Cassidy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> people still have Orange Cassidy can wrestle, guys. You know, you know, it says the geeks online. Fuck out of here. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's gonna be great, and we're getting a little tease of that because we have got the best friends and Death Triangle in the trios match on Dynamite. So. That may be coming up sooner rather than later. We may get that for uh, Grand Slam. Pack versus Orange Cassidy for Grand Slam. I could deal with it. Or it might be on the Rampage. Depending on how Tony Khan uh, you know, feels about that, it may, it may be on Grand Slam. But on the Rampage portion of Grand Slam, we'll see. I don't know. But uh, yes, Pac wins the uh, match and retains the All-Antic Championship. Eddie Kingston defeated Tomohiro Ishii in about 14 minutes. This was the main event of the Zero Hour. It's pretty much what you would expect. A lot of uh, Japanese strong style, a lot of chops, a lot of uh, spinning back fists. I wish Eddie Kingston got this time against, um, um, you know, with us at the House of Glory show, but you know, against Marafuji. But it is what it is. He went uh, seven minutes because of time constraints, but he went fourteen minutes here, almost double that against Tomohiro Ishii. Basically, what you would expect. Jesse Eddie Kingston wins with the, uh, I believe he used a brainbuster and then the spinning back fist, and then he had another spinning back fist. And then Kingston got a Northern Lights uh, bomb on Ishii for the 1-2-3. A uh, good match here, but uh, really nothing built up about this on AEW television. Just kind of thrown on the pre-show with no rhyme or reason. Basically, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, just throw it on there. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we get it for the reasons. We know why we got it, and
0: there it was. So Eddie Kingston wins, and that was basically your zero-hour pre-show for All Out. They gave you four matches and then uh, rapid fire back-to-back on all four of them. Then we get into the actual All Out show. Kind of weird that they started the show off very, very rushed. They went right into a DraftKings ad right at the top. I don't really understand why. I mean, that shit could be saved after the first match, but uh, they went right into a DraftKings ad for no reason. And then we got the casino ladder match. This match is... Royal Rumble style, every 60 seconds, somebody comes out, and we got a bunch of guys in here and a joker, which obviously you guys know was MJF at the end of the night. It went about 15 minutes. They started the show off with this. Winner earns an AEW World Championship match. I thought this was great up until we got the very bizarre ending of Stokely Hathaway coming out with all of his hooded gentlemen. So, Wheeler, you and not Phoenix started this thing off. They were the first two entrants. We got Andrade in there as well. We got Roosh in there as well. A little bit of a weird situation in there with Andrade and Roosh, bro. They could have owned this match and realistically won the match if they wanted to. But uh, they decided to uh, just, just stand there like a bunch of dumb heels and not really go and take advantage of the fact that both of them are in the same faction and one of them could be the number one contender. They just wanted to go and continue beating people up.
1: Yeah, I I think the whole dynamic of this ladder match just made no sense for me. How everyone comes out um, Royal Rumble style, yeah, and you can win. I mean, how can you end a match before before the all the contestants are in?
2: There's no Iron Team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire Sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire Sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know. Was the was the Ladder match like this in
0: previous years? No.
1: So why no, did they change the rules? not,
0: man. This made
1: no sense at all.
0: I mean, like, did they change it, the rules I mean, basically to appease MJF and the appearance of the, the masked MJF at the end of this match? I, I mean, it must be, I, I don't, I
1: don't believe, I mean, unless, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that the the latter matches in the past have been um, one at a time like this, because at any given point, you could have had the first two guys say, look, man, you go get it, you know, go win it, and I get the first defense, cool, go, yeah. and the match is over, I mean, it's like the outlaws rule for the triple threat match, you know, like, that makes no fucking, logistically, it makes no sense.
0: So Andrade and Roosh were out there. Uh, Roosh was about to climb the ladder, like I said, but then he backed off because Andrade was walking down the aisle. And Andrade, you know, none of them climbed the ladder. They're in the same faction. They decided to set up a ladder bridge instead. So Phoenix, you know, he went into the ladder bridge and that looked ridiculous. They did a uh, sunset flip off the fucking ladder bridge. Andrade looked like he could have pulled a fucking groin muscle. I I mean, it is what it is. Dangerous, dangerous shit. Phoenix doesn't give a shit about what he does. Both started to climb the ladder, but Yuta pulled Roosh down, met Andrade up on top. Andrade took out Yuta with a six sunset power bomb off the ladder onto the bridge. Ridiculous. So Claudio was next. He came out, and he pushed Andrade off the ladder to the floor. Looked like he struggled a little bit because it was still in its ladder bridge formation. He muscled the ladder up, and he dumped Andrade off the ladders over the top rope. So Dante Martin came in next, and he fought off both Phoenix and Claudio while he wrestled Yuta set up a ladder in the ring. Dante sprung from the ropes to the ladder and took out Yuta. Claudio went for a pop-up uh, uppercut. Dante landed on the ladder on the exchange before bolts spilled to the outside. Penta was out next. He immediately took out Dante with the Destroyer on the ramp. He was finished for the rest of the match. Absolutely ridiculous. Roosh. Uh, he got hit with a sling blade by Penta on the floor. He ran wild on everybody else. He took out Yuta with a super kick and Claudio with a backstabber. So he was a house on fire right at the start. Phoenix cut off Roosh with a top rope run kick before Penta hit Andrade with a destroyer on another ladder bridge that was set up on the outside. That looked fucking brutal. Phoenix then all of a sudden, you see Phoenix jump off the top rope. There's a table set up in the corner. He does a big frog splash through uh, the table through Roosh. Claudio and Yuta are climbing the ladder. Dante springs onto the ladder again, onto Claudio's back, and all of a sudden, we get a group of masked men who run out and completely clear the ring of all the participants in the ladder match. Retribution. Yes, Retribution is in AEW. First thing I say, too. Yes. One of them climbed the ladder and grabbed the poker chip. He unmasked himself. It ended up being Stokely Hathaway. Everybody else unmasked. It was Lee Moriarty, Ethan Page, W. Morrissey, The Gun Club, and Stokely Hathaway out there. All of a sudden, we get a Rolling Stones song played, and it was Sympathy for the Devil, and someone walked out in a devil mask, a white devil mask. He was very joyous. He was very excited to be there, very uh, over-the-top mannerisms. He walked into the ring. He took the poker chip from Stokely Hathaway. He was about to unmask, but then didn't, and he gave you the "Uh uh-uh hand gesture, and I thought he was about to speak, but he didn't. And it was just a very bizarre ending that, honestly, Jesse, left the crowd shocked, stunned, and in awe, and it absolutely left the fucking rest of the show in limbo to me. I don't know if you guys felt this same way. I honestly felt like the dead periods during the show, you know, people were excited for the obvious big shit on the show, but the other shit people weren't really excited for because I honestly think everybody was wondering, who the fuck is this guy, and when are we going to see him again? And who the fuck is he, and when is he going to unmask? I-, I just felt yeah. like it was really it kind of set the show up to be kind of deflated after it-, it happened. I don't know if you felt that same way.
1: <laughs> and I think Nyla Rose won at Twitter tonight. She said it looked like the Masked Magician. Yeah, it did. I didn't even yeah. think about that. He said the the Masked Magician was all elite. That's I what it basically was. It was. Fucking good, man. It, I I, I like. I do like the put it like this. I, I don't think I have anything bad about to say about how they did this MJF thing because I think TK kind of got the best of both worlds here. He got to bring MJF back in the ladder match without revealing MJF till the end of the show. Yeah. The only thing that would have had me upset is if we would have had to wait till Wednesday to find out who the fuck it was in the mask. Yeah. And all we had to do was wait to the end of the pay per view, and then they put a nice little bow on the end of the show for you. So, I'm okay with it. I thought it was done pretty well. Um, it sucks that MJF did nothing in that ladder match. Didn't even have to climb the ladder. I don't even. They didn't even want him climbing the ladder for some reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of. Uh, if you look at it in in another way, it is kind of shitty that all those guys went in there for 14 minutes and basically they got the shit end of the stick. And MJF just walks in and does nothing. I mean, it's like why the fucking match even take place? Well,
1: you know? I, I'm i I'll, I'll i'll be in the in the thought process of this is this is what those guys contributed to us for us to have that big payoff at the end. They went yeah. off and gave us some entertainment in the match, yeah. and their contribution to the nice big ending is them doing the bumps. So MJF did not have to. So we got that big reveal at the end.
0: Yes, No, so. I, 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 I agree with that, and um, I am very intrigued by what Stokely Hathaway is putting together here. We finally got some, uh, some answers after Tony Schiavone asked him, and he threatened Tony Schiavone on Wednesday's Dynamite. None of your business. He grabbed Tony Schiavone by the, uh, by the suit jacket and got in his face. Uh, I like the fact that I, I think everybody kind of assumed it was MJF anyway at the end of this segment. I'm glad that they didn't just have MJF come out as Maxwell Jacob Friedman and just walk through Gorilla and enter the match as the seventh guy and become the Joker and win the match. I love the fact that he's got a group of people around him that basically have molded him and been a part of his journey to get to this point. So that story I'm very intrigued by and whoever's idea this was, I think it's going to end up being brilliant. So kudos to them. But I'm glad he came in as an outsider. I'm glad he came in as a rogue, and he's got other rogues around him, and we don't know what their business is with AEW. It may be MJF overtaking the company or assembling a team of people, Jesse, that is going to overthrow Tony Khan and AEW. I don't, I don't know where this is leading. It may, be, it may be their version of the NWO. It could be. You know, it could be. Um, I don't think they have enough talent Okay,
1: I think talent's the, the wrong word to use. I don't think they have Star power. Uh, enough, big enough names yeah. in that group to, yeah. to start a faction that could you know take over the company. All, all they really have is MJF. Yeah. You know, and that's if he's a part. Of, that's why I'm thinking he hired Stokely to take care of this business for him. Thank you very much. I'm going about my business now. Now Stokely can go on with what he's doing with his group you know the same way that you know MJF is known to you know you know he hired Butcher and Blade to do his dirty work he he'll hire some guys to do his dirty work for him in a, in a heartbeat so yeah. maybe that's it maybe it is a whole new faction i think i think putting together a faction one with this group of guys is going to be an uphill battle to get them all over like that um but MJF is a fucking heat magnet dude so if anyone can do it at this point, he can.
0: Well, we don't even know. MJF may be the fucking babyface at the end of all this. There may be babyface faction because MJF. Dude, Who I the fuck mean, knows?
1: It's looking more like that
0: we may be looking at a babyface fucking MJF coming up here soon, yeah. man. So I enjoy I enjoy this thoroughly, and uh, I'm very excited to see what happens on Dynamite. We got a lot of questions that we want answers to, and uh, this is just one of them. So hopefully we hear from... Stokely, and we will definitely hear from MJF on Wednesday. So, you know, that is going to happen come Wednesday's Dynamite. AEW Trios Championship Tournament Finals. This is the Elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson against Adam Hangman Page and the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. This is easily one of the best matches of the entire wrestling year. This may be one of the best Trios matches uh, that. you will ever see. And I hold honestly.
1: No. Hold on, hold on, for a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People in the chat saying, well, MJF being babyface is crazy. He flipped the crowd off.
0: Okay. Ever so heard, it's heard Steve Austin.
1: Austin? Yes. I mean. I think he's flipped the crowd off on a daily fucking basis.
0: I mean, I don't so, understand. I don't understand what the fucking problem is. Just throwing that out there. I mean, we talked about, I don't know if you guys are new or if you're just hard of hearing. We talked about this on Wednesday. Like, I don't want MJF to be a fucking babyface. It fucking makes my skin crawl. It's yep. even weird for me to even say the words out of my mouth. Yep. But if it's going to happen, he's not yes. going to be a legit babyface like, like uh, Ricochet or anybody yeah, like that. He's like going like to come out and be a fucking tweeter. He's going he's gonna to piss you off, but people are going to look at him as the anti-hero or yes. the antichrist.
1: Yeah, he's not going to come out smiling like fucking Raquel. No.
0: You know, and waving, you know. I mean, give me a break. I mean, you you guys got to be smarter than that, man. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, this trios tournament match, um, I don't know, Jesse. I said this on Twitter. I think the trios tournament was probably one of Tony Khan's best productions in all three years of AEW. I thought this entire tournament was tremendous. I don't know about the entire tournament now. Well, I mean, I mean, minus the the trustbusters. <laughs> I mean, so I, just, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, but I see. I, I I I I also I don't know. Well, I mean, let me rephrase uh, that. The trios tournament has yielded us the some of the best in ring action that AEW's done all year. Yeah, yeah, fucking great wrestling,
1: absolutely. But this is this is what we expected from a trios division, and I, I expect it to get better as we go on. I just think telling I just think telling the, the, the public that that um yeah we're waiting for Kenny Omega to come back before we bring in the trio's titles, then Kenny comes back and then Kenny wins them is a little bit on the fucking nose. I mean, just that just a little on the nose. I mean, he, he literally made it predictable, told us the outcome, then did it. So
0: now, how do you feel about how do you feel about them winning the championships? Do you do you do you see this as being a similar situation to when Adam Page and Kenny Omega won the tag team titles? Is it gonna be good for the trios tournament or the trios championships to give the elite the championships like Omega and Page with the tag team champions? Do you see growth in the division now with them as champions?
1: I mean, I'm, look, I'm gonna answer this because you asked it, but I wasn't gonna put this out there. I think it's I I don't think. Between the Dark Order or the Yum Bucks and Omega, who would benefit more from a title run?
0: Well, I mean, I mean, the only reason why you say that is because Adam Page is with the Dark Order. So of course it would benefit yeah. the Dark Order. Because you right. got Adam and, Page and there to give them the star power
1: that they need. Yeah, and, and I like, but I like how they put Hangman in there to at least give them the credibility. And with the match that the Dark Order put on tonight, you know them winning was should have been definitely been on the table you know am i upset that the bucks and kenny won no they're gonna make fucking great champions man they're gonna make great fantastic matches and everybody they're in the ring with is gonna look good but as far as um building someone up i think the dark order winning those titles on that kind of platform would have been great it would have been fucking great and bucks and kenny beating dark order at a later time is an easy sell you know yeah Easy sell. But I mean, at that point, I'm nick picking it because, like I said, there's nothing wrong with the Bucks and, and Kenny, you know, being the first trio's champion. Maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they just wanted to
0: be the inaugural champions. Uh, I'm gonna combat. I, I agree with you. Uh, I have nothing wrong with uh I find nothing wrong with what you said, but I'm gonna combat you on this. I, I do think that it could have went a different way. I could see I could see a lot of people, and they may not be vocal about it in the locker room. I could see there being a problem with your EVPs entering this tournament and becoming the inaugural champions and winning the championships when you have all these other talented fucking factions that you have in the company getting kind of pushed to the side because Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks need more championships to their already Hall of Fame resumes.
1: Yeah, that's what what I meant. You know, I... No, you asked, so I'm like, yeah, man. I,
0: I think you know this I is not the, dark the same. Order- I don't want to cut you off, Jesse. I'm sorry, but this is not this is not the same company as it was. You know, when Kenny Omega and Adam Page won the tag team championships, there's a lot more fucking people now that Tony Khan has to keep happy over the last couple of years since that was a thing when they were the tag team champions. You got a whole fucking different locker room now, and you're still doing the same thing, thinking that it may benefit your division, but in actuality, it may actually piss off a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think mean, I mentioned this, you know, a week or two ago. The trio's titles, they ha- they have the the um the versatility to float between the mid-card and the main event and everything else. I think it would have been a lot easier to have the dark order win tonight. They defend the trio's titles with you know free bird rules, so then they can go out and lose the trio's titles at a later date when it's just all Dark Order members and not Hangman anymore. And then you can move the titles up to the main event scene. Right now, the titles are in the main event scene with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. It's a little bit harder to to take the titles off of them at this point.
2: I mean, mean, just
1: reasonably and logistically, you know what I'm saying? These are three bona fide main eventers who are owning the titles. You want to see someone credible defeat them, Right. I mean, it seemed like the Dark Order had their chance tonight, and they're not going to get it back.
0: Now the I mean, question They can is always who... rematch
1: it, sure. But... Yeah.
0: Now, well, the question is, who beats them?
1: Who beats them now? Adam I... Cole? He lost his half. He lost half his, Adam Cole's lost gonna his be whole.
0: Adam Cole's going to be a solo act, bro. Kyle O'Reilly's yeah, going to be out right. for the rest of the fuck. He's going to be out at least 12 months. And Bobby Fish, he's gone. He's got nobody. Yeah, that was that. That was where they were going, and now he's got nobody. We're, we're still going to get Kenny was, o- we're going to get Kenny Omega and Adam Cole, no doubt about it. But we're not going to get Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus the Bucks yeah. and Kenny Omega. I, I, I think I think Cole
1: and his crew was was supposed to be an intricate part of the trio's division. You know, when when it was when it was you know conceptualized. Now, what what happens now with um with Switchblade Jay White? We haven't seen him in a few weeks.
0: I don't know. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, he's the no. IWGP Black, World House Champion. He's got to get ready for. Now, he's got to get obviously. ready for Wrestle Kingdom.
0: He's got to get ready for Okada. Yeah, House of Black is destroyed now. Well, we don't know what's um, going on with Malachi. Oh, dude, he's fucking. He's gone, Blackpool man. Combat Club. Maybe this is where Moxley maybe fits in, bro. Moxley, Brian, and and Claudio. Yeah, yeah, you, you get the BCC. I mean, yeah, that's that, 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 that is a stadium with, you know, made you know, event just by itself. Yeah, yeah, easily.
1: You get that crew, right? I don't want I don't want it to be a two crew team because House of Black is fucking destroyed. I mean, from what from what it appears, it's fucking destroyed. Um,
0: the elite is all fucking destroyed because of Cole and Fish. And you got that triangle, you got best friends,
1: best dark friends. orders
0: there still, you know. They 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 have they have names. That's but. what I
1: mean about getting the titles off of Kenny and the Bucks, because the best friends do not seem like viable opponents. Yeah but if the Dark Order had won and they had to defend those titles against the best friends, now it's kind of a coin flip on who's going to win it.
0: Yeah. Well, regardless of that, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of questions coming out of this, but um, th- this match was absolutely tremendous. I'm not even going to uh, cover all of it because I'll never be able to do it justice, but this was absolutely incredible. The stare down between Paige and Omega... To uh, start this thing early on was, I mean, it got everybody on their feet. I mean, a lot of people want to fucking rag on Kenny Omega. You got your Cornette camps and you got your fucking uh, dummy disco infernos out there, you know, shitting on the bucks and shitting on Kenny Omega. I mean, I don't think anybody can deny the value of Kenny Omega to AEW, bro. He is AEW, and these people absolutely love and admire him. And I don't even know where AEW would be without a Kenny Omega. I really don't. No, and he came out looking fan. He, fucking he looked
2: fantastic. fucking
1: incredible tonight. My God, he fucking he was, he was pulling the wool over all our fucking eyes, dude. Because he looked great tonight.
0: He looked. He looks a lot bigger, right? I know. I had a couple of people reach out to me like, "Does Omega look bigger?" I'm like, "Yes." This is what yes. happens when you have a bum shoulder and you got a fucking labrum issue and you can't lift weights and you can't put muscle on, bro. He went and got fixed, and he looks fucking great. He really does. He does. So the whole thing here with Adam Page and Kenny Omega was tremendous. I mean, people loved their match and their feud uh, last year, and it has not slowed up even this year going into the fall. Um, the Elite cut off half of the ring. They isolated Page in their portion of the ring. Omega hit a Kotaro crusher for two on Page. Eventually, Page fought back at a Death Valley driver, and this allowed him to reach John Silver for a tag. If there was somebody who, to me was the star of the night. It may not be him, but he is absolutely after this match putting himself in the discussion there. John Silver was fucking tremendous in this match. He may absolutely go on record for having the best near fall of the entire year
1: with what he did. So good. So and good, and,
0: and we'll get it, and we'll get to it. Um Silver, he got the hot tag, he ran wild on everybody. He even took out Cutler and Nakazawa on the outside. Silver He got a soccer kick from Nick, but he quickly recovered, and he and Reynolds hit a tope suicida into a vertical suplex. They did the spin doctor and got a near fall off of it. So the Dark Order is hitting their combination double team. Uh, They got a German into a jackknife for uh, a nice little uh, near fall there. Bucks stopped the Dark Order's offense, allowing Omega to hit the Terminator dive on all three members of the Dark Order. Reynolds fought out of a powerbomb, and Page took a uh, Orihara moonsault from Page. Off the top rope to the outside. This led to the dark order hitting a pendulum bomb for another close near fall. That was broken up by a Centon bomb from Nick. Bucks and Silver and Reynolds all took each other out with four-way super kicks. Page and Omega faced off in the ring. They uh, were not the legal men at this point, so they took their respective tag team partners, whoever it was, dragged them to the corners, tagged themselves in, and we got Paige. And Omega in here, people legitimately on their feet, cheering for both of these guys. They traded forearm strikes, running knee strikes. Omega hit the J driller for a near fall. Omega climbed the ropes. Page met him up top, landed a moonsault power slam, which looked great. Page hit a buckshot, Larry, to the back of the head. Then he went for it uh, front. Matt distracted Page. Omega collapsed on Page's attempt, and Nick leveled Page with a buckshot of his own. So the Bucs hit the BTE trigger, but Reynolds broke it up at the very last second. That was a great near fall. All of a sudden, Page collapsed, avoiding a V-trigger from Omega. Silver rolled up Omega for a great near fall. He went for Brody Lee's discus forearm. Omega caught him, put him in the electric chair, was going for the one-winged angel. Silver rolled out of it and rolled him up for probably the best near fall of the entire year. I legitimately thought this was the end of the match. I thought he was gonna pin. I, I thought Jesse. I thought they were gonna give John Silver the pin over Kenny Omega. That's how believable me, it was. Me too. That that sequence is always very believable when Dark Order Bulls I mean, I, I thought I believed it too. So Silver set Omega up for the buckshot. Omega rolled out of the way. Page smashed Silver by accident with the buckshot lariat, allowing Omega to cover for the one, two, three, and the Elite win the trios championships. Dark Order is going to have uh, a lot to say to Adam Hangman Page on Dynamite, Jesse, on Wednesday. Do we see Adam Page kicked out of the Dark Order? Do we see the Dark Order go heel? Do we see Adam Page say, fuck you to the Dark Order, and he joins the elite again? I don't know. What's going on here? No, I don't think
1: anything changes. They can't afford to lose anybody else. and 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 separating Hangman from the Dark Order completely buries them. He doesn't have to be all the way in the group, you know, but just disassociating with them is not good for the Dark Order right now.
0: He needs to still
1: stay loosely associated with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was tremendous stuff. Um, definitely. You, you, you guys can probably say this was the match of the night to me. This was probably the best match of the night. And uh, I thought that everything about this trios tournament, minus that Trust Busters best friends match, was some of the best stuff that Tony Khan has produced on AEW television in all three and a half years of AEW being on TNT, TBS tremendous stuff and this is exactly why we wanted the trio's titles on television was it the best plan was it the big storyline that Meltzer and Alvarez reported for Kenny Omega is this the best course of action for Kenny Omega I don't know probably not I I don't think I would have taken this over a FTR Bucks mega match with all titles on the line for this show but it ended up being great anyway and this match was absolutely tremendous yeah we got Jade Cargill and Athena for the TBS Championship, Jesse. This match did not even go five minutes. Jade Cargill retains the title. She is now thirty-eight and zero, I believe, or is it thirty-seven? I'm not really sure. One of those numbers. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven and zero. She retains the TBS title. And I posted on Twitter, Jesse. I said this was probably the best I I saw Jade Cargill as far as a physicality standpoint is concerned was was this match perfect by by, by no means was it perfect no. but but jade bro i don't know if you noticed it i don't know if the chat noticed it her physicality tonight was where it needed to be she's still she's still in the ring hesitating on offense she looks a little you know uh she she looks a little uh, fumbling around out there but the physicality that she brought to athena on her offense man yeah, uh, Athena is so fucking underrated. She brought out that physicality in Jay Cargill tonight. And I thought for the 5 minutes or less than 5 minutes that this was I thought this was a decent match for both ladies. I really did. And I thought Jay looked good minus all the you know lingering issues that she conti- you know she continues to have in the ring. Hey man, if you liked it, I liked it. If if I liked it, you liked it. I mean, I I'm not saying I'm not it. saying it was a great match, bro, but The physical, I'm trying to find something good there before I shit all over.
1: I didn't enjoy it at all. I thought the match, I actually got into a debate with somebody on Twitter about the match having no heat going into it. It didn't have any heat. Oh, no, I know. They swore it did because they had a segment. And now after the match, you know, and what we got, I was like, okay.
0: No, it can't, it can't have heat if you see it one week and then it goes away for three weeks only for it to come back again.
1: Yeah, I know, man. I I think for some reason. You might not believe this, but I think people on Twitter just
0: like to argue. Well, they do. No, it sounds crazy. And the women's division is in shambles. The women's division is not treated like it should. And and this is one of the reasons. You know, you got your TBS champion out there, Jade Carr. I know you want to, you know, give her all the resources and assets to be, you know, what you want her to be. But when you got somebody like Athena in there only going four minutes, bro. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? Like, she is as good as anybody, and you got her in this company putting Jade Cargill over in four minutes? I don't know about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. If there was one person to beat Jade tonight, obviously I would have chosen, I'm sure you probably would have chosen as well, Jesse, uh, Chris Statlander. Oh, yeah. But, but I I mean, Athena should have beaten Jade tonight. I'm sorry. I, I was looking for a new champion. Jade is so beyond the championship right now. There's nothing left for her to do. No, I, I, I,
1: I, I never would have had, I never would have had Athena beat Jade just because of the, the build. The build was fucking terrible, man. I mean, I, I don't know who's supposed to beat Jade, but I just know two things, two things on whoever beats Jade. A, whoever's coming in to beat her needs to be white hot when they do it, just like Chris Statlander was before she got hurt, and then. There needs to be a fantastic build going into it. She has a thirty-seven and 0 record, dude. We're not gonna just beat her on someone we came up with a few days ago, did one segment with, and now we're gonna do a title change. That's 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 worthless. You're you're just shitting on the whole fucking
0: effort you put into Jade. You, you know you know who's gonna get to that point, Jesse. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a point where, and, and I seen it tonight and I heard it tonight in that four way women's match, which we'll talk about when we get there. You know, Jamie Hader, people were cheering for Jamie Hader tonight, and she is as believable as anybody to take that title off of Jay Cargill. What about her taking the TBS title? I can see that. I can see that. I would have
1: no complaints about that. Um, I think if you give them time into a build, I think they can do it. I just hope they cut Britt Baker out of their build as much as possible. Yes. (laughs) And let these women have their own fucking build, and then let them go kill it in the ring. Because Jamie's already on that streak of she's warming up, man. Crowds are warming up to her. You know, it's getting Chicago's all behind her, man. I I, I mean, she could be on that streak, give them a nice little build, and I'd have have no problem with Jamie Hayter. And
0: that's not just the Chicago thing. I'm I'm starting to feel that on social media as well, and I'm starting to really get a sense that Jamie Hayter is really starting to come into her own and should absolutely be broken away from Britt Baker.
1: Yeah, man. I think about Jamie Hayter coming all the time, man. (laughs) <laughs> this fucking
0: guy. Jesus Christ, man. Who the fuck knows who's watching, bro? Watch your language. What?
1: What? You just said she was supposed to come into her own? Well, uh, whatever.
0: Uh, I could see that being the case. Uh, are we in a situation, Jesse, where where Jade is not is not progressing? Is she getting better in your eyes? I, I, I don't know. She. It's hard to, it's hard it's to, t- hard well, to tell. It's very hard to tell, yes.
1: It's hard to tell as far as her in-ring work progression. So as, as far as her character and her build, I think she's very stagnant. It hasn't done much as of late. That that part has kind of plateaued. In-ring work, it's kind of hard to tell because she doesn't go very long, man. No. they it, So what that, what that tells me, when you go short matches like that in big match situations, that tells me that they're trying to conceal your, your, your flaws. Yes. So we got to see her go. We got to see her go out there and go 15, 20 minutes, man. She's got a 37 and no streak. She can't go out there and lose that title in five minutes. She better go out there and put on a goddamn
0: match. Yes. So. And this match, if it only went four minutes and 30 seconds or whatever the fucking time was, I mean, this did not need to be on the show. This could have easily been safe for dynamite or, or a rampage. Why, why did we need this on the show tonight to take away from everything else? Nobody's gonna be talking about this at the end of the night. Nobody's even gonna fucking remember this was on the show. Why is it here? This yeah, is what I, I talk about. Cut out the fucking bullshit. Quality over quantity. You don't need this on the show. All because Jade is the TBS champion doesn't need does it doesn't mean that it needs to be on the show. It's one it. of the things I'm talking about. I'm sure you guys agree with me as well. She's not to me. She's not getting better. I, I think she knows who she is, and I, I I appreciate that. I think she plays her character very well. She knows who she is, and she plays that very well. But I mean, a, a everything else as far as her game is concerned, Jesse, she's not doing it for me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. It... You know, it's, this it's is her. what we I mean, usually again. say. This is what we usually say, bro. If you're the best at what you do, you should be the champion. Jade is not the best at what she does. She's not. Right. But it's not as simple as
1: just taking off of her. She has 37 I know. wins. I in know. A streak behind it. I mean, do something with someone needs to. And someone needs to earn that essence and not just get a title. Yeah. You need to beat that bitch. So, you need a
0: good feud, man. And Jamie Hayter could be the one. He might be right. I think so. I think so. Athena looked great in this match. Uh, Jade tried to keep up. I like the physicality coming from Jade because Athena gave it to her and Jade, you know, tried to uh, give her some of that back. Jade came out looking like uh, She-Hulk. Uh, I don't know what Excalibur was talking about. She was green because she loves money or green is the color of money. I, I don't think Excalibur was up on the She Hulk uh, references, bro. Well, what, what was he talking about out there? I don't know. But Jade also tweeted, um, "Green
1: for money." She also she she reiterated what what they said. So they're vindicated through Jade. Well, whatever she, she the lighting was She-Hulked when she broke, tw- she well, mentioned
0: well, whatever the lighting words. was when she broke through that uh, that entrance wall that they set up for her during her ring entrance. I mean, it looked exactly like something out of the Incredible Hulk. It, yeah, it was know. basically green. I know. I thought she, I thought this was the worst look Jade Cargill was ever to. And she's a beautiful I she woman. Looked,
1: I thought she looked god-awful, man. I don't know. God-awful. And I've been a fan of all of her cosplays. I've been a fan of her look. So I think I've earned the right to say she looked not Jade-like tonight. I didn't like this look at all.
0: Uh, well, uh, Athena took it uh, right to Jade with a Meteora. She hit the O-Face, which is the Eclipse. Um, but the baddies pulled her out of the ring. This distraction allowed Jade to a Samoan drop, which looked great for uh, a two-count. She followed that with a spear. Uh, Jade smashed Athena with a forearm, tossed her across the ring. Athena counted Jade into a pinning combination for two. Jade countered another O-faced attempt into jaded, but Athena reversed it, hit a thrust kick. She went for a stunner, got it, got a two-count. Jade reversed a springboard into a bicycle kick. She went for jaded, got it, one, two, three, and that was it. Four minutes. Four minute win for Jade Cargill. They're basically booking her like Bill Goldberg. Four minute match. CM Punk in Cleveland. Or CM Punk or John Moxley in Cleveland, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, something needs to be done. The women's division needs a little bit more uh tender love and care here. This is this is a waste of time. A complete waste. And Athena deserves a lot better. I'm sorry. She should be challenging for the fucking Women's World Championship. That's not the fucking TBS title. Moving on, man. We got um, Alex Marvez. He uh, tracked down CM Punk in the parking lot with Ace Steel. And uh, CM Punk was walking Larry. So Larry was in attendance tonight. His dog, Larry, at All Out. And he asked Punk if he's 100%. And Punk said, no, I'm never 100%. And they actually laughed at this geek Marvez... But Moxley isn't just fighting Punk, he's fighting Chicago, he says. But you said that CM Punk was going to me anyway. You told me that CM Punk, after this promo, indefinitely going heel. Bro,
1: I just read something that looks like there was a fight backstage after the media scrum involving CM Punk.
0: A fight backstage with CM Punk and who?
1: So Sean Ross Sapp says there's some big heat already on Punk from his comments at the media scrum. He'll have more on Fightful Select shortly. And Denise says, all I can say is that during the media scrum, we saw a security guy run out of the door. I guess behind Punk into the back area.
0: Well, it's got to be Adam Page or Colt Cabana. One or the other.
1: He he made some pretty fucked up comments, man. It could have been a lot of fucking people.
0: Could have been the Omega, could have been the Bucks. Yeah, is he it is he trying is he
1: trying to ruin his time there? I I don't know, but uh, Tony Khan had like a deer in the headlights look on his face sitting there next to Punk as he's just fucking going ham, you know. And he, I mean, and when he finally got done, and he went to the back, now there's rumblings of there being something that happened back there.
0: I I uh, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I really don't. Punk is know, seemingly man. punk is seemingly becoming a, a cancer to the locker room from what I read here and maybe and look and
1: look I'm I have no problem being of the belief that this media scrum and that promo and everything that happened with this security guard that ran to the bank and all of this shit. I have no problem being of the belief that this could also all be a work could be. but again, though, he made some pretty. Fucked up comments, man.
0: Bro, I'm telling, I'm telling you right now. You know, I, I don't think people should jump the gun on that. I'm telling you right now, this is all, this is all. You don't know with him, man. You don't, don't know. know, you don't know when he's blurring the lines or, or not. I yeah. honestly think, you know, why would he, why would he go out there with Tony Khan sitting next to him and say all this shit? I don't went, get it. He went all he he went he went he went all he went hard into the paint,
1: bro. He went
0: hard with all the media there. They got security there. Uh, Of course, they want to play it up because they all—they know they're all these fucking geeks sitting there are gonna go fucking on their phones and their iPads and start tweeting it out, and everybody's gonna catch wind of this shit. I'm telling you right now, bro. This this group with Stokely Hathaway, this shit is gonna be like their N.W.R. Bro. Punk is joining MJF. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. It could be, man. I mean, this—it's gonna be MJF and CM Punk versus Tony Khan and the Elite, bro. I'm telling you right now.
1: I mean, at at this point, I don't know if this shit is a a shoot or not, but at this point, it's either going to be a really good fucking angle that they're working or some really, really, really bad locker room chemistry for Tony Khan to deal with.
0: One or the other, guaranteed. I don't know why CM Punk would go into business for himself with the fucking boss man sitting right there, bro. I really don't. No, I agree. I agree. That's not something that he... I mean, I don't understand why he would do that. Why would you do that? It would be a a $5 million a year. You're going to fucking throw him under the bus while he's sitting right there and bury half of his fucking locker room
1: That's what he did. So I'm hoping that's a work. I mean, because it would be, it would be, it would be a really, really great way to work the fans because something like that would not go unnoticed by the media who's sitting right fucking there. And they, like you said, they're gonna fucking report it, and it's gonna be out, it's gonna be the headlines of all of tomorrow. Of course
0: it throw. is. That's what they want. Yep. They want you to talk about this shit. MJF's back. They're setting, dude. They're setting up. And th- this is the, this is gonna be their version of WCW versus NWO. I'm telling you right now, it could be. It could be. I right, listen. We'll find out more, man. Let's keep the train rolling. More news that comes out about this. I got Feifel queued up here. Uh, if anything, we will uh, we will talk about it as it comes in. I got Fightful yeah. Select queued up right here. They haven't posted anything yet, and we will keep you guys updated, okay? So stick with me. I'll have the news as soon as it breaks. So Jade beats Athena, and we move on to the next match. Wardlow and FTR. This is Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, and Wardlow against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. This is Alex Shelley and Chris Saban with Sunjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. This match went almost 20 minutes. And uh, it was good. It was good. And it was not as good as the Trios match that we got with the Elite winning the Trios Championships. But it just had no heat, Jesse. It had no heat whatsoever. And I- I'm going to be honest. with you, I love FTR. I love Wardlow. I think Jay Lethal is tremendous. Uh, I, you know, I don't watch Impact, so I'm not really overly familiar with the Motor Machine Guns. But I know who they are and what they've done. Um, but... I just I felt bored here, bro. I, I mean, I mean, I, I just wasn't there. This is not what.
1: This is not what anyone envisioned for Wardlow coming
0: out of that MJF feud. No, this is not what I envisioned for FTR on this show. This Even is my not,
1: fucking Wardlow. This is not what we envisioned for FTR, the guys who hold more titles than anybody else in the company, but don't hold any AEW titles. This is not what we envisioned for them. No. So
0: this match really did not need to exist on this goddamn show. And the whole fucking basis of this match was Satnam Singh possibly being powerbombed by Wardlow, and we didn't even get that. No. So what the fuck were we doing for 18 minutes? The best thing about this match was when Dax Hardwood's uh, daughter came out there, Finley, she came out there and broke Sanjay Dutt's pencil.
1: And then pinned him. And then
0: pinned him, one, two, three, after the match was
1: over. I'm pretty sure she has a better record than a lot of the people on the roster right now.
0: What are we doing with Wardlow? I swear to, I hope to fucking God, Tony Khan is hearing the complaints. What are you doing with this guy? Look at the reaction he gets every time he comes out. Look at the powerbomb. People want to see him. He's the TNT champion. The show should be built around him. I don't get it. And I said this two weeks ago during my rant. This is what you do with FTR. Now, granted, the trios match in the tournament was fantastic. I get it. But if you think that tournament was a better plan for Kenny Omega than keeping the titles on the box, the tag team titles on the box, and then giving us FTR versus the Bucks at this show, I don't understand why you thought that that was not the best idea. That's what the main event should have been or one of them. This is your biggest show of the year. That was your biggest tag team match that you could have possibly done. I don't get why we didn't go there. You could have booked the trios tournament as just as good as you did with other teams. You didn't need to do what you did tonight. I just don't feel like this was the best career division that he had. I really don't. I know the feeling.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know the fucking feeling, man. I mean, insert my whole thoughts on how they got to seeing Punk and Mox tonight. I just, I just don't think this was a smart way to get... I just don't think this was a smart way to get to where we got. You know, there's always more than one way to get somewhere. I get it, but I just think this was a bad, a poor choice to get to where we got in regards to the way we got to Punk and Mox. So I, so I know what you mean about how we got
0: here. Like, it this was just a poor way to get here. Very poor way to get here. Now, 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 some people in the chat are saying uh, the Bucks dodged FTR. I don't know. Is that part of the reason why Punk went off on the EVPs? I don't. He's good friends with both of those guys. Man,
1: I don't know. I don't know. He went off on a lot. Right now, it's the talk, talk of Twitter. Unless this, this shit is a work or a shoot and Punk. and Some of the shit that he said, man, even if it's a work, I mean, it's hitting pretty fucking, it's cutting pretty deep.
0: Well, of course, yeah. it's, it's cutting pretty deep. It's CM Punk. Yeah, I know. His most valuable fucking tool is his, uh, is his voice. Uh, this yeah. match uh, This match didn't have any heat whatsoever. I love all the guys in this match. I do, but it just didn't have any heat for me. I, I don't know. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. I'll probably get blasted. For, oh, JD's negative. He's a WWE show. I said the same thing about the women's tag team title tournament and the fucking winners that Triple H chose for that shit, too, and the majority of the community agree with me but there's one fucking bad seed out there that wanted to call me out on it, and I, I just didn't feel like it was right. I don't think this is right. I don't. Wardlow deserves better. FTR, how do you cool off all three guys after what they've been through this shit? I don't really understand it. Jesus Christ. Triple team on lethal. Right, after a triple team, lethal landed a top rope elbow drop for two. We went for the macho elbow drop. FTR got back involved. They were on the outside. They were cut off by a beautiful lethal, a double lethal injection. Wardlow crushed Lethal with a headbutt. And a Larry pulled the straps down. Powerbomb Symphony on Jay Lethal. Four power bombs later. And Wardlow pins Jay Lethal. After the match, Lethal and Company T's getting back in the ring. But Samoa Joe returns his music played. He ran out, took out Satinum Sing with the belt shot with the Ring of Honor. TV title over the back, and they cornered Sanjay in the ring. Somehow, Samojo ended up bleeding. I don't know how. Dax sent his daughter out to the ring, and she got in the ring. She walked up the steps, got in the ring, took Sanjay's pencil, broke it in half. Dax took him out, and Dax's daughter, Finlay, um, covered Sanjay with her foot on his chest. One, two, three. Great moment there. Probably the best, one of the best uh, moments of the entire match was that. The best moment of the entire match. And that was basically all 18 minutes right there. That's what we led to. His daughter pinning Sanjay Dunn.
1: It is what it is, man. Like you said, it had no heat. No one cared about it. This was not a pay-per-view match. This no. was more like a rampage match. Yes. I wouldn't even have made this a rampage main event. I mean, it was it was just there. I mean, I don't know why I was there. It didn't need to be there.
0: I don't know. I don't know, man. Fightful has posted. Let me uh, let me see. Let me see. We will see. Major heat on CM Punk from Media Scrum. Rumors of threatened walkouts. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut it right here. We're gonna go into Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks in just a little bit. We got breaking news here. Okay, breaking news from Sean Rossap and Fightful Select. CM Punk. Obviously, at the scrum has garnered major heat. Okay. We were talking about it, everybody was watching it. You guys came in here telling us all about it all night. Fightful originally reported that the Punk Cabana news this year, uh, and they've never spoken to Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks outside of interviews. The story emerged from talent frustrated and under the impression that Punk and Cabana's ill will towards each other will cost the well liked Cabana a job. That he was obviously enjoying. Tony Khan denied that was the reason this past week. Tony Khan said on Busted Open that uh, Colt Cabana had nothing to do with uh, the CM Punk news that broke earlier in the month. Cabana eventually got put on Ring of Honor duty. We're told at FIFO that Cabana had indicated to Tony Khan before Punk's original return that he'd likely not be happy working there if Punk was in the company. CM Punk garnered an incredible amount of heat for his comments at the AEW All Out post-show scrum. Punk ran down his history with Colt Cabana, targeted Adam Page, and EVPs, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Punk said Hangman Page went into business for himself and also compromised a huge AEW gate and said the EVPs leaked info. Immediately after the scrum rant, talent had informed Fightful that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were extremely pissed off and one claimed that they were threatening to walk over the comments. Fightful selects, Uh, But had heard prior that at least one of the young bucks had been in contact with talent outside of AEW, indicating that many of the rumors heard about Punk and the frustration around him were true. We're told the elite were scheduled for the scrum, but an adjustment was made around then security went around the scrum area in a hurry. We haven't learned if that was related to this situation, but all of this information filtered in at the same time. We're obviously cognizant of a work in this type of situation, but talent that were contacted were under the impression that the situation was that of a real one. One way or another, we'll work to learn details and try to confirm the heat between Punk and Cabana, as well as Punk towards Hangman Page, have long been real. Regardless of the situation, Fightful Select has already heard of several talent that are very upset with his comments, we will also work to gain some stances from those who side with him on the matters. Tony Khan was at the media scrum throughout the entirety of this situation. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Uh, like like me like me and you always say, privately. bro, if the EVPs are threatening to walk out, bro, that's a serious situation.
1: Like like me and you always say to each other, dude. Anytime when you, anytime we hear stories like this from credible sources like Sap, Meltzer, Alvarez, all the above, it may not always be 100% right, but where there's smoke, there's fire usually applies to these rumors. Yeah. Like something, some parts of this is probably true and it's usually the worst parts
0: of it, but we'll see, but we'll see, we'll see. I I I don't know why CM Punk would would say all this shit with Tony Khan. It's almost basically like he wants to get he wants to leave, bro. He's basically telling everybody without actually saying, "I don't like anybody here. Fuck this place. I want out." Could be. We know how we know how Punk is, man. So why is he here under a contract? Bro, he knew he knew what he was getting into when he signed with the company. Bro, he knew Colt Cabana worked here. Well, maybe he was promised like he like like you said, TK tried to get
1: rid of Colt. His locker room for well, the you can't do so that. You can't do that. So Colt is still here. Maybe Punk didn't get his way. Now he's throwing a tantrum. You can't
0: do that, though. He's not supposed to do that. Tony Khan would have buried himself in the fucking ground if he got rid of Colt Cabana all because CM Punk said so. Who the fuck would want to work for him?
1: Yeah. It's not looking good, man. Put it like this. This is one of those things where, okay, is it a work? Is it a is it a shoot? We don't know. Even if it is a complete work, it's just not a it's not a good look for Tony Khan. One, because it looks like he's lost control of his locker room. And B, it looks like Punk is actually a locker room
0: cancer that some of the talent's been alluding to, man. Bro, if Tony Khan was a leader. If Tony Khan was the boss, he would have cut that fucking microphone off. Tony Khan has all the power in that fucking scrum to kick anybody out or cut anybody's microphone. He just let him talk? You didn't cut this man's microphone? It.
1: He, he might have been thinking, just let him get finished, and when we get done with this scrum, I'll put this fire out. As opposed to, like, jumping up, ending it, and running out. And then that being the headline, what fire, bro? Thinking, you got one fire get, burning right
0: next to you. You're fucking starting eight other fucking fires.
1: <laughs> Tony yeah, Khan's a fire a department
0: look. of one, bro. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: <laughs> this is not a good look, man. If this is if this was all one big work and like, haha, you all, you guys all got worked, bro. We didn't get worked. You guys in AEW in that locker room and Tony Khan, you guys look like the assholes. So you guys worked yourselves. You, it does not look good for you to be having this kind of rumors about yourselves when WWE is welcoming everyone with open arms and an bro, open checkbook. Bro, listen.
0: I, I, I th- it's, so fu- it's so bizarre, man. Tony Khan is the boy. He could have cut his microphone. Why is he allowing him to bury half of the fucking locker room next to him? He's the world champion. You put a fucking stop to that. Is your world champion worth fucking seven people walking out, eight people walking out? I mean, I don't get this shit.
1: What was what was WWE's comment about AEW getting CM Punk?
0: He's he their said, headache now. They say, he say, he say he's your problem now. I don't get it, man. Yeah, li- listen, you, you, we talked earlier in the fucking show about uh, when's MJF and CM Punk gonna happen. This shit's happening at Grant. If this is the case, they're getting that title off of CM Punk now. The Wednesday. Now. Have a Mike Brand Slam.
1: Yeah, if this this is all a legit shoot, I'm, I'm taking CM Punk off television. Until we get this shit sorted out. Because I can't afford to have him going out there with a live microphone and doing this shit again. I just can't.
0: I don't know this, the, bro. I... None of this makes. I, I, I'm, I'm fucking speechless. None of this makes sense. Look, none I'll of it. Why, why are we on? Why are we on here every fucking week saying none of this makes sense? None of it. Right,
1: because it doesn't. I, I'll be the first to go on record and say I was one of the many that were through the roof when we got CM Punk back, man, and it's starting to feel like one of those be careful what you ask for type deals. Even if this shit is all a work, it is just not not a comfortable feel. This is not one of those happy, wow, we got worked. The feel and the dynamic of everything going on in AEW right
0: now does not feel good like it used to. You mean to tell me that you had a whole room of media (laughs) and not one fucking person... Ex-Tony Khan, why he didn't cut CM Punk's microphone off? Not one person. This is who they get to go out to this shit. Not one person ex-Tony Khan to follow up. Why he let well, CM Punk speak to the locker room that way, sitting right well, next to him.
1: Well, the, the, the answer would be, you know, because this is a work. What, guys. this is my world champion. I got to let him speak. No. This is a... Hey, Hey, this—I this, mean, it's all a work, basically. Ha ha ha. That's—that's that's probably how they took it. Oh, see, this must be the next storyline they're gonna go with, you know? But then, as it went on, and then securities rushing to the back, and now reports of walkouts and everything else, I think it just got out of control really fast. I don't this know. This is one of those situations, bro. If—if if this comes out to be a, a legit bona fide work, it—it it, it just then it didn't work. It just didn't work. This is a very bad look on the company.
0: It is a terrible look. look.
1: Tony Khan looks like a fucking geek, bro. He looks like a pushover. He looks like his locker room is taking over him.
0: Yes. You're giving CM Punk the liberty to do and say whatever the fuck he wants, and now you got half the fucking locker room wanting to walk out. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to believe it's a fucking work. I really do, but Jesus fucking Christ. Not a good one. This is not interesting at all. No.
1: It's not. It's not fun. It's not cool. It's not one of... This is not cool. This is not fun, though. This is not fun.
0: Did he talk about MJF at all in this scrum?
1: I don't know, man. Did he mention
0: MJF coming out wanting the world title? He just won the world title in his hometown, and MJF is now targeting him. Was MJF mentioned? What the fuck is he talking about? on page for? Why?
1: The did he did he did he mention MJF in the scrum? I didn't get to watch the whole thing because I mean that should be the that should be the first thing on this list to talk about. That should be the first thing on this fucking list is MJF, but instead he comes out and buries Hangman, and then Colt Cabana.
0: Was he even asked a question? Was he asked a question, or did he just take the liberty upon himself to speak? The first question out of anybody's mouth sitting there at that scrum should have been MJF whatever. Follow up with MJF.
1: One of the first questions was about Colt Cabana. They say, yeah, he called him a prick. So I guess he did mention MJF.
0: Why are we asking this man about Colt Cabana? Colt Cabana had nothing to do with this show. You're headed towards a fucking Arthur Stadium show with 20,000 people and MJFC on Punk, the biggest world title match that you could possibly do outside the one you got tonight, and you're asking this man about fucking Colt Cabana. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the people this is that not are sick, this look,
0: community man. sickens me to no end. Fucking yeah. ridiculous.
1: Really? You know, I was... I was completely on board with the MJF thing being, is it a work? Is it a shoot? Did he leave? Did he get on the plane? Is he here? Who knows? He's back at home now. Like, okay, I'm, I can I can get with this being a big work or, or even a big uh, shoot that turned into a work, whatever. But I think that's gotten a little out of control. All of your storylines, all of your storylines cannot be based around, is it a work? Is it a shoot? Is it a work, is it a shoot? Is it a work, is it a shoot? That shit gets fucking old. It gets old and it gets ridiculous. And not only that, it starts shit. It starts negative talk amongst the community about your company when you have another company breathing down your fucking back creatively. I mean, you need to quit this shit. He has. I don't care if this is a work or a shoot. I'm telling you right now. The appearance is, and to me... Perception is reality, and the perception is he has no control of his fucking locker room, and CM Punk is a running cancer right now. That is the perception of AEW right now.
0: If this isn't a work, CM Punk needs to drop that title, and he needs to be taken off TV, like Jesse said, indefinitely, and, and things need to get back to order in that locker room. Yeah. I don't think CM Punk is, uh, is, is, is worth all this headache, because you're doing nothing but, but bringing everything down on TV, and everybody's morale down, and nobody's going to want to be there. Now you now you now all this headache is starting up. You want again, you want to fucking cause all this problem and all this headache with who is running WWE right now, bro? Half of that locker room would not hesitate to go yeah. work for Triple H.
1: Yeah. And and here's a good point. I just I just saw the a super chat that mentioned a match. Here's a good point that that makes me believe this is seriously not a fucking work is that this much mentioning of punk and coca Cabana should lead theoretically to a punk and coca-bana match right yes yes and we know that's not gonna fucking happen we know that's not gonna happen so why are we talking about coca Cabana? it's just, it's
0: not gonna happen i don't know so ridiculous so ridiculous I no any more uh, any more news on this guys we will uh, we will follow it up uh, that's the latest from, uh, from Fightful. 16 minutes ago, they posted that on Select. And uh, anything comes out between now and when we end this thing tonight, I will let you guys know. Let's keep the show going. Powerhouse Hobbs, Jesse, against Ricky Starks. This went five minutes. Uh, dominant win here for Will Hobbs. Uh, quite surprised that Ricky Starks did not get the victory here and quite surprised that it only went five minutes, bro. I, I don't know how memorable it could be in five minutes, and I don't know why Ricky Starks continues to get the short end of the stick. Uh, it was a toss-up anyway going into this, but I think the majority of the fans thought that Ricky Starks was about to break out, and seemingly Hobbs wins clean with a spine buster, and that was basically it. I don't know, man. Again, why did this match take place on this show if it only went five minutes? I don't know.
1: Look, man, this company started about three years ago and I was over the moon you know ecstatic very appreciative that we got somebody with the financial backing to come in and give us the pro wrestling that we want Um, and for that I'll be grateful forever grateful of AEW and I hope they turn shit around but it just does not have the same feel that it had three years ago No, and it seems like it's imploding from the inside out yeah and it's it's not a good look. No.
0: It's not a good look. No, and it's bleeding into it's bleeding into creative. Yeah. Cuz it's it's not it's not heartfelt anymore. It's not it's not genuine. It's not it's not right. There there are there are things that are happening that just aren't right. Having this match go 5 minutes is not right. Yeah. You got a 4-hour fucking show. This match goes 5 minutes? The two guys that need more time, they got 5 minutes. This match could have easily taken place on Dynamite and they could have got 15 fucking minutes. Well, listen, I'm a big Will Hobbs guy, so is Jesse. We're both big guys on, you know, big on bold guys. Yes. But but, but five fucking minutes? Meanwhile, Tony yes. Khan's over there dealing with CM Punk, letting CM Punk mouth off during the scrum. And Ricky Starks, you know, he's, he's thinking, when the fuck am I going to get my break? The fuck am I going to do? Ridiculous
1: Moving on I just sent you I I don't know if you've seen this clip or not I just sent you a clip of the. You see the clip of Ruby Soho Hitting, uh, yes. hitting the Met after Tay Conti yes. Yeah she's lucky she didn't break her fucking neck she, she looked like she fucking She could have died right there man
0: It was so nasty Yes I'm sure that match was worth Ruby Soho breaking a fucking nose for Awesome Sure Tag Team Championships, Swerve in our glory. This is Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee against the acclaimed. Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, they are now managed by Billy Gunn. I don't know about you guys, man. Um, Two things. Number one, I think Swerve and Keith Lee have been great together. I think they've been fantastic. Uh, I don't mind them being the Tag Team Champions at all if this is the caliber of match that they're going to get. Um, or we're gonna get with them as champions. Number two, I don't think anybody expected this match to really, because it had no fucking heat coming into it and was booked last week. I don't think this match, I don't think anybody expected this match to have the type of reaction that it got. I don't think people expected this to be as good as it was because we have not seen this type of match out of the acclaimed at all. They're good, but they're not this good. Now, I don't know what that says about the acclaimed if it says more about the acclaimed or it says more about how great Keith Lee and, and Swerve Shricklin are. I think it's a little mixture of uh, of both, more so the second thing that I just mentioned there. Swerve I, I and our glory. They
1: claim is, I think the claim has been this good for a while. They're,
0: just been they're good. They're, they're, the they're, they're good, but, I mean, I mean, they've wrestled every fucking tag team in the company, bro, but we haven't seen this type of match.
1: No, they, they've, I can't remember a match, I can't remember a match, seeing them in the match where they got this much time.
0: Yes. Just that, just
1: that alone. Just that much time. Yes. But when in the three, four, five-minute matches we get from them, they look great.
0: I, I want to let you guys know, you know, the match went 20 minutes, and both are babyface teams, okay? Obviously, the acclaim was more over than almost anybody on this entire show, but definitely more over than Swerve and Keith Lee. Do you want to know how good Swerve and Keith Lee are? They went into this babyface, and they transitioned themselves – to be the heels in this match. They slowed the fucking match down, bro. They were working a methodical style on on, on the acclaim. They were targeting Anthony Bowen's knee. They, they, they just played up to the fact that, all right, the fans want these guys. We're going to give them a heel to their baby face. And they, they switched it up middle of the match. Now, I don't know what you guys think of that, but to pick up on that and apply it instantly in that moment, I think that's tremendous stuff, Jesse. That's fantastic.
1: I I caught up on that right away. You could tell you can see the little smirk from, you know, the little baby face smirk from Keith Lee. Yes. Turn into that little just snarl from Keith Lee. Like the fuck y'all booing me for around. You know, they they gave the fans the heel that they wanted to boo in the match. I I thought that was brilliant work from Lee and Swerve. I thought that was awesome,
0: man. Chicago, I I love you. I love Chicago. Uh, they they chanted, uh, "Oh bask in his glory." That's Keith Lee's chant. They 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 were like, "Oh scissor me, daddy." <laughs> they, they 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 took Keith Lee's chant and then they applied "Scissor me, daddy" to it, and they chanted this throughout the night. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" So I don't know. listen, man. Billy Gunn. I don't know if he has anything to do with this or how much he has to do. He de- definitely has something to do with it. I don't know how much he has to do with it, but I honestly think with the pairing of Billy Gunn and, and the Acclaimed, it seems to be working out tremendously.
1: Man, I love it, man. That's, that, that's the professional and professional wrestling right there. You're a baby face coming into, the, into a match, coming in and facing a couple of heels or tweeners. You act like a baby face. When the crowd tells you that they don't like you and you're a piece of shit and they're going to boo you, then you act like a piece of shit. Give them what they want. You have to work a match. Nobody in the back, nobody in Guerrilla told you to make sure you played up as baby faces. No, they go out there and have a great match. This is the match we laid out. Go do it. They went and did that match. But on the fly, you can tell they shifted. Hey, we're going to work heel, bro. We're going to work heel. All the heel mannerisms were there. Do a move and stop and stare the crowd down and just like uh, it was all there. It was, these guys are baby faces, and tomorrow and on Wednesday, they'll be back to
0: baby faces. I love it. Yes, they will. Um, yep. Now the thing is, Swerve and our glory retained the tag team titles. A lot of people were very angry that the acclaim did not get the tag team title victory. I could see both sides of the argument for sure. If I'm booking this thing, and I'm Tony Khan sitting behind that fucking curtain, behind that tunnel, I'm getting word out to the referee, I want a title change tonight based on the crowd reaction, let me get this to the fucking performers in the ring, let's do it. Jesse, was it a mistake that Tony Khan did not call an audible on this match and give the titles to the acclaimed? I honestly think it was a mistake, but... I see the argument of, not yet, the time will come, we may do it at Grand Slam, it'll be 20,000, they'll get their moment in Queens, New York City, blah, 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 blah. But the way I see it is, Jesse, you know, first time is everything. This is legitimately, I believe, this is their first tag team title opportunity at the titles, and they get this type of reaction I don't know if you're going to catch that lightning in a bottle twice like you did tonight, Jesse. So I honestly think that they missed a huge opportunity here.
1: Well, there you go. He took the words right out of my there you go. Ago. There you go. There you go. And he
0: just... uh, I...
1: Thanks for the... <laughs> That's what uh... I was...
0: Yeah. I mean, do, do we do it at Grand Slam? Is it going to be the same thing? I mean, it's New York no. City. It's a possibility, but is it going, no, to, be the not same going thing? to be the same
1: thing? No, that's what that's what I was going to say. No, I mean, no, he, Tony Khan mentioned it in the scrum that oh, they think they deserve a rematch. He said Keith Lee thinks they deserve one, well, but Swerve does not. But they're going to get a rematch. So so I was it was it a bad idea to not call the audible? I I, I don't know. I guess the wording I don't think it was a bad idea. I just think he could have capitalized on the moment. You know, it's it's let's I mean, he had a great he had an opportunity to capitalize to capitalize on a moment that's not guaranteed to be there for you next time around. That's all I'm saying. Now, maybe he had some internal plans going on that he knows about already we're calling that audible where really you would have messed a lot of things up and that I could understand. But when you have a crowd reaction like that and you do the title change and then the, and the world is watching and everything else. When you go to the next city with that momentum of that crowd reacting that way for these guys, then winning the titles and then you go to the next city, that momentum carries on and everything else. I mean, I know, and someone was quick to point this out on Twitter, but, you know, you said it'd be a bad idea to take the titles off of them so soon. Like, yeah, I, I did. I even came back and said, when Peyton Manning goes to the line and calls a fucking audible, check, check, Omaha, 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 check, check. The guys on the line don't say, well, you said something different in the huddle, man. Well, I'm calling the fucking audible. Yeah. All right? We're changing the play.
0: Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it was right to take the titles off of Swerve and Keith Lee. But I didn't. I also did not expect that fucking reaction tonight. Right. Exactly. With a- and this reaction- is a business. This is a business. WWE talks about fucking moments and WrestleMania moments and moments this and moments that. This was their moment. It's,
1: it's, this was this was the right moment. It's never. It's never the best idea to go hot shotting titles. What
0: the fuck are we here what? for?
1: If we're not creating yeah. moments? Yeah. But this is a situation where it would have been warranted and understood. You know, it, people say all the time, is it a good idea to come out of the NBA, uh, uh, to come out of high school and go straight to the NBA? No, it's a bad idea to come out of high school and go straight to the NBA. But it worked for LeBron and Kobe. Motherfucker, well, look, those are rare fucking instances. You're not LeBron or Kobe, all right? And if we would have known that this reaction was going to come, Ahead of time, then we would have planned it. Didn't know about it, started to happen, so we know what? Changed our minds, dude. I know it's not a good idea to always hotshot titles, but this is a fucking moment right now. Fucking do it, and we'll change it on the fly. We'll do a rematch at Grand Slam or
0: some shit. We'll we'll figure it out, but you can't recreate this moment. No. Never again. No. It'll never be recreated. The one thing I will say is the acclaimed are now bigger because of what happened here, than they, than they have ever been. So that's one positive that they have going for them. But will they be able to capture this moment in that, or, or that lightning in the bottle again, maybe at Grand Slam, or maybe at some other point in the future, maybe full gear, whatever the case may be? No, they're not. And, you know, it's not going to be because of uh, whatever. You know, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve possibly breaking up. You know, that's also the other story here that was uh, a big factor in this match. They could have yeah. easily given given it to the acclaimed and played up the fact of Keith Lee and Swerve having two times happen yeah. tonight. Miscommunication. So no matter what the case is, Jesse, you, you take that aspect of the match which happened tonight twice. Yep. You could have given the acclaimed the titles here tonight and, and, and pinned it on that aspect of the match, and that's going to be the very reason why we give them the titles anyway. If we even do the rematch at Grand yeah. Slam. It's going to be because Keith Lee and Swerve broke up. So I don't know why you didn't do it now when it was the right moment to do it now when that is going to be the reason that they're going to break up anyway.
1: Yeah. It, it looks like they're going to do the title change in the rematch too, which tells me that it's him saying, shit, we should have did the title change in Chicago. I, I don't mean, get it. I don't I mean
0: <sighs> I, I don't know I what he was doing. Twitter. I don't know what he was doing backstage. He was tweeting during the fucking match. I seen him tweet how great this match is. Where's the audible, bro?
1: I I even said it on Twitter. I said a more experienced, a more experienced promoter would have called an audible there. You know, I mean, and again, again, this and this, we don't know what plans he had going on for them, and maybe calling that audible would have changed a whole lot of fucking moving parts. Who knows? But this just felt like one of those moments where you just gotta just go with your gut and and go with it, man, because the crowd was fucking hot for that
0: title change yes they were so bowen's knee injury was the sole focus of this match and swerve and keith lee worked heel which i thought was tremendous so bowens and lee were alone in the ring bowens tried to get some offense together but his knee gave out lee climbed the ropes caster popped up met him up top acclaimed took lee down with a huge superplex that i didn't think they were going to execute but they did anyway barely Swerve cut Bowens off with a diving stomp, single leg crab. Caster broke it up with a diving drop kick. Swerve went for a springboard. Bowens pulled him down and allowed Caster to hit a mic drop out to the floor, which is his elbow drop outside. Lee and Billy faced off. Daddy S faced off, allowing Caster to hit an uh, an attitude uh, adjustment on Lee. Caster hit the mic drop on Swerve, but Lee broke it up at the last seven for a great looking near fall. Castor and Swerve fought on the apron, but Swerve hit a Death Valley driver. Swerve hit the backbreaker on Bowens, and he tried to fight off both Swerve and our glory did Bowens, but it wasn't happening. Lee had it under control. Swerve inadvertently kicked Lee, and Bowens rolled him up for an awesome-looking near fall. I thought that could have been it. Crowd wanted it so badly. So that was the second miscommunication of the entire night for both Keith Lee and Swerve Shrek. Swerve and glory recovered, hit the doomsday double stomp, and that was pretty much it. Go on to retain the title. After the match, Lee and Billy scissored, and the crowd, Jesse, did not like the two babyface teams embracing here at the end of the match. Nope. Not
1: really. They weren't for it. They, they were really upset about the non title change. I mean, in that regard, I mean, look, you can't really argue with live fans, man. Yeah. If you want to argue with online fans who, who we'll probably just piggybacking off of what somebody else probably wrote, or what their favorite podcaster probably wrote? Sure, maybe, but you really can't argue with live fans. No. They didn't they didn't conspire ahead of time to boo or to yeah. cheer. This is what they felt at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, they didn't like it. They wanted
0: the shit all over it. That's what they did. They let you know how they feel, man. Yeah, Audible should have been called, absolutely. I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it. I don't even think Keith Lee and Swerve Stricken would have had a problem with it. Be honest with you. Um, Moving on. The ladies had a very difficult time following this match because the crowd did not really uh, show any emotion towards this whatsoever, and uh, you could see why after that great tag team match, which was one of the best matches of the entire night. Um, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida this is for the interim AEW Women's Championship. Thunder Rose had to step back. She is uh, also still the Women's Champion, but she will be fighting for the championship when she comes back against Jesse. Tony Storm is the new AEW Women's Champion. And uh, anybody but Britt, bro. Anybody but Britt. What are you reading? It seems like your attention is uh, on CM Punk, bro. What's going on? No,
1: it's just the chat, man. Oh. And the hooligrim is, is, and Otis is just banning people
0: just... Why are people, why, why, let me, let me, before we get on to this match, Jesse, (laughs) why, why is the chat so hostile tonight? Do I need to go to members only? I don't know.
1: Well, Cam G just did a super chat talking about the scrum. I guess Hooligrim's gonna ban the super chat. I mean, I mean,
0: dude. (laughs) We just spent 15 minutes talking about the scrum. You don't need to ban ban everybody talking about the scrum. I mean, right. I mean,
1: if if he's spamming the same lines or the same things, absolutely. Kick him out. But...
0: If anybody is being disrespectful to anybody up, else man. in the chat or disrespectful to the hosts of this show, then get them out. But yeah. other than that, I don't know why everybody's hostile in the chat. Enjoy the fucking review. I mean, seriously, if he's spamming shit, then feel free. Let you them know. talk about the scrum. The scrum's over. I got 4,000 fucking people in here at 2.30 in the morning. I don't give a fuck about the scrum. I Who mean, gives a shit?
1: Stop banning people. They're being dicks. Ban them, but they mentioning the scrum, and you want to bench them for that, man? I guess Cam G gets benched. You know, he he just paid money to mention the scrum. I mean, it's not that big of a deal,
0: man. Anybody but Britt Baker. Thank God we didn't get Britt winning this title, man. I thought this would have been the end of the women's division for a long time. Oh, I agree. Tony Storm is your new women's champion. Crowd wasn't really all that into this fatal four-way. Women. They did good. They worked their asses off here, but uh, after that Wild Tag team match, you could see why the crowd was kind of taken out of it. They did love their Jamie Hayter, though. Oh, yeah. Jamie Hader was getting chance in the crowd, and yeah, they wanted that. This would have been the second opportunity that Tony Khan was basically listening to the audience, and they were telling him what they wanted. Oh, yeah. They definitely wanted Jamie Hayter. Right? Uh, so does everybody. Yeah. I can see why. <laughs> I'm not blind. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I I enjoyed this, but it was I mean it wasn't exciting. There, there was basically nothing built up here outside of you know these are the top four contenders for the title. Thunder Rose is out; she's hurt. Interim title. It is what it is. Tony Storm. No heat. Tony Storm. Yeah, no heat. Tony Storm was the only right the right winner here, and that's who won the match. Thank God, she won the match. So, um, Hater had a great showing here. So Storm and Sheeta. Had a back and forth in the ring. They were laying into each other. Rebel got involved for absolutely no reason just to get her in there. This led to Sheeta and Storm taking her out with headbutts. Baker and Hader attacked Sheeta on the ramp, leading to trainers coming out to check on her. She was brought to the back. She emerged later with two kendo sticks, started making a comeback on Bit- uh, on Britt Baker, and she hit an outside in suplex over the ropes on Hater for a two. They kind of got into it with. Um, each other baker and jamie hater so this was where i was like oh boy maybe this is really going into a situation where they're gonna break jamie Hader away from Britt baker which i think would be the great thing to do here so uh Hader and Sheeta were in the ring Sheeta hit a step up in zaguri falcon arrow there was a bunch of big moves here the women kind of interrupting each other and going for pinfalls Baker hit the curb stomp on, I believe, Sheeta for a near fall. Storm sent Baker out to the floor. Then Hayter took care of Storm and hit a ripcord Lariat. She had the match won, but Baker was on the outside. She pulled the official out of the ring. There's no DQ in a fatal four-way. Hayter was upset. She got into an argument with Britt Baker on the outside. Storm hit her with Storm Zero. Baker pulled uh, Tony Storm out of the ring and threw her out of the ring. She went to go cover Jamie Hayter because Tony Storm hit Hater with her finishing move. I thought that was going to be it, and Britt was going to be the new champion. Storm comes back in, breaks it up, hits her with a package DDT, and hit the same on Jamie Hayter, and that was enough for Tony Storm to win the, the match and the championship. And she is your new interim AEW women's champion. Congratulations to Tony Storm, man. She's been through so much bullshit up and down was let go by WWE after she walked out due to frustrations. And now she's here and now she's a world champion, man. Happy to see it.
1: I am, man. I am. I I think it, I think it really sucks that she had to win it in this fashion. Yeah. You know, um, I think she deserved to be, you know, in, in a high profile match against Thunder Rosa in a 20 minute match where she wins legitimately, you know, and pass the torch. Um, but what are you gonna do, man? It's not—it's not about just the injury, though. It's about the—the the, everything surrounding it and everything behind Britt Baker and the politics that she's been playing backstage, man. So it just—it—it it, it sucks. It—it it feels like her win is—I don't want to say tainted, but it's just like a—it's like a—a a, a cloud around it already. Yeah, it's nothing that she can't fight out of. You know, with a good with a with some good booking, she'll put on her own good matches. She doesn't need help with that. She just needs some good booking, man, which is something that the women's division just has not been getting.
0: And that's where I was going to go with my next line of questioning. What changes now between Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm? What is Tony Khan going to do with Tony Storm as the women's champion right now for AEW? Is it going to change for the better? Or, or are we going to see more of the same and another title reign, Jesse, by another mega talented female be wasted and squandered away?
1: Um, what I, I think I saw some. I think I saw a comment that that she said in the scrum. I mean, she got invited to the to the media scrum. That's God damn a it! I wasn't there. Come on, bro. <laughs> that's, a, that's a start. You know, but it it it
0: feels like I heard the comment if Somebody passed Tony Storm my she was number, but really, scrum. gonna beat Thunder Rosa's ass. Tony Storm says you're gonna beat Thunder Rosa's ass. Yeah,
1: which is already weird because they left as friends. Okay, good. You know, I mean, but so if your friend left, vacated the title or whatever, and then you're the champion, I mean, to me, this feels like your demeanor should be like, you know, hey, you know, we're going to battle it out to see, you know, that's my girl. But, you know, one of us got to stay in t- you know, it, I don't know if, if 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 I'm not misreading that, it's like, wh- where's this animosity coming from for Thunder Rosa already? You guys were just
0: friends last week. I don't know, bro. I'm upset that I wasn't at the scrum, bro. And Tony Storm was there. Tony Storm was there, man. Did anybody pass my number to Storm,
1: please? No, worry. but he wouldn't have been happy, man. She had shoes on,
0: so she had shoes on. Oh, she had shoes. So sorry. Well, man. Listen, man. You know, <clears throat> I'm sure it looks better in uh, in person than it does on TV, man. You know, I just didn't do the security guy running by. I I seen, I I didn't click on it yet, but I saw the, I saw the text. Yes. Uh, So yes, Tony Storm is your new interim AEW women's champion. Uh, We will see. I don't, I don't think anything changes, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens there with the women's division. Uh, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage, Jungle Boy was billed as Jungle Boy Jack Perry for this match because Christian obviously in the, in the sit down with Jim Ross with Jungle Boy. Uh, Jungle Boy said, "You're not going to be wrestling Jungle Boy on Sunday at all. You're going to be wrestling Jack Perry, so that's why that was done. So nice little attention to detail there. Uh, during uh, Christian's entrance, Jesse, um, he went up to uh, Jungle Boy's mom and he got slapped in the face. <laughs> and I tell you what, man, Jungle Boy's mom is uh, she's a looker, bro. She's really? a looker because I was just getting ready to say that she looks."
1: Just like Jungle Boy. Her, her, and, her and his sister. They Most of the hair. Like the, the, Jack the, the
0: hair, man. He's got, uh, he's got her hair. And the face, man. Yeah. You think Jungle Boy's hot, don't you? I think Jungle Boy's a handsome fellow.
1: So would you rather have Jungle Boy or Tony Storm's feet? Which one?
0: I'm not answering your, qu- your ridiculous line of questioning, bro. Get out of here. Unbelievable, man. I will take Tony Storm's feet any day of the week. Oh, there we go. Okay, well. Um, so Jungle Boy's mom slapped Christian right across the face, which was great. Jungle Boy comes out, gets the big entrance, and all of a sudden, Jesse Luchasaurus walks out of the heel entrance and absolutely destroys him. This guy over here, Jesse, texted me. He's like, "I hope we get a payoff, or I'm not watching no more." And this guy blasted Lucha uh, Luchasaurus, that blasted Jungle Boy, and choke slammed him on the steel grating. That was outside bro. the rampway, bro. Apparently, it's hot and it's very, very—it's uh, <laughs> heats right. And he had burn marks on the back of his uh, <laughs> on the back uh, on his back. His skin was all burned from the line because the grates were hot. The Luchasaurus absolutely destroyed this guy, bro.
1: I sent that text. I hit the send button. I hit the send button. I reached over and grabbed my cup of water. Turned around and Jungle Boy was laid the fuck out. I was like, what the. What Jungle Boy's happen? skin
0: <laughs> was seared from the choke slam on the steel grate. Jungle Boy then gets powerbombed through the timekeeper's table by Luchasaurus. He gets thrown back in the ring. Aubrey Edwards is asking, him, do you want to work? Do you want to continue the match? Jungle Boy's like, ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell. And the bell rang. Christian hit a spear. Jungle Boy kicked out of the spear. Christian then gets ready for the unprettier or, or the kill switch, whatever the fuck he calls it. He looks over at Jungle Boy's mom, and in mid Unprettier, he blows her a kiss, and then he delivers the Unprettier to Jungle Boy. One, two, three. Christian Cage wins in 30 seconds. This is so good. I go on Twitter. I say, this is absolutely fantastic storytelling. We got the payoff with Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. Well, obviously, we know where his uh, alignment is. Jungle Boy gets destroyed. People are like, what are you on, bro? Why are you a shill, bro? This was terrible, man. What the fuck are you watching, man? I don't know what the fuck you're watching, but I'm watching something that's long-term booking. Some people just don't get it. They think
1: that if you take one concept, like, oh, well, Jesse's unhappy about Punk getting squashed in three or four minutes. Oh, but then he likes Jungle Boy getting squashed in three or four minutes. It's not the fact of anyone getting squashed. It's the fact of who's getting squashed and under what circumstances. Punk gets squashed one-on-one by himself, no help. Jungle Boy got attacked from behind by a fucking seven-foot dinosaur, man. Then he got drugged out to the ring and he got fucking two finishers laid on him and then he got pinned. It makes sense. He got blindsided by his former best
0: friend. Now the story continues with more heat going into the next show. That's that's it. I mean, the whole fucking point of this match was where is Luchasaurus' allegiance going to lie? Obviously, we found out before the match started, but you guys want a full-fledged fucking match and a conclusion to the storyline. You got your fucking storyline with Luchasaurus turning on Jungle Boy, not really showing any emotion leading up to this, aligning himself with Christian Cage. And so I want to throw this out there. If they gave you 10, 15 minutes on this show, right, are you going to remember the fucking match after everything else that happened tonight? Are you going to be yeah. talking about Christian Cage and Jungle Boy after MJF made his return and LCM CM Punk doing what he did at the, at the post-show scrum? Or are you going to talk about this when Tony Khan can give it time in Queens at Grand Slam and Christian Cage gets what he deserves and Jungle Boy gets the victory and shuts both of them up? After Jungle all Boy this is gonna over,
1: come out of this a mega baby.
0: I film. don't understand you fucking people. So it, good. it protects Jungle Boy. It gets him more angry. We now got the dinosaur aligned with Christian Cage, and Jungle Boy's gonna get the victory at Grand Slam. What the fuck are you guys watching? So good, so good. I don't get you people. LTB. If you're not with it, get out. Possibly, also, Christian is injured. Apparently, I was reading Christian's injured. I Whoa. mean, the, the spear looked devastating, and he did two moves, so he really can't be all that injured. Uh, it's not a serious injury if he was in there spearing Jungle Boy.
1: Oh, oh so he was hurt coming into
0: the match. That's what SAP said, yes. Okay, well, this, this worked out for the better for everyone, then. This is exactly what I want to see on a paper. Why are you guys complaining that this match went 30 seconds when the whole fucking show was too long to begin with? The show was too long. It was... A lot of of the.
1: I I was, I thought we were going to get a non-match. I thought they were going to cart Jungle Boy out and they were going to just call the match off all together. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen, but that's a way to trim the show.
0: That's a good way to trim the show and continue a story. This was great. Don't listen to the fucking Negative Nancys out there on social media. They don't know fucking shit. I got to come on here every fucking night and teach you guys a goddamn lesson. Give me a break. It was great storytelling, and it... Further the match till Grand Slam. You guys can wait three weeks for a finish. Oh, why is this on pay-per-view? This should have happened on Dynamite. Yes, let me add something that we see normally every week on Dynamite and not put it on pay-per-view. I'm glad we got a change. And he got destroyed before the match started. So what the fuck the problem? No, the
1: match itself, the match on paper deserved to be at a pay-per-view. This is Jungle Boy versus Christian. Gotta turn his back on him lots of story behind it, plenty of story behind it the match itself deserves to be on the pay-per-view but we didn't get that match because Luchasaurus fucking attacked him so now we gotta wait, he's gotta heal he's gotta come back, he might take a couple of weeks off come back and destroy fucking somebody it's gonna be fucking, it's gonna be so good.
0: good 15 matches, you're complaining about one going 30 seconds oh my goodness give me a break, I don't know about you guys but I'd like my show to end at a proper time and not get every match going fucking 20 minutes Jungle Boy loses. Excellent booking there by Tony Khan. Christian gets the victory in 30 seconds. Chris Jericho against Brian Danielson. This was uh, late in the show for these guys. 23 minutes. Like I said earlier, bro, about uh, uh, what what, what was it? The FTR Wardlow match against Jay Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns, man. The the booking and the build for this was a lot better than the actual match. And I'm not even saying that because it was a bad match. No, I I, I I don't I don't know what it was, bro. I don't know if it was just the fatigue of the Chicago fans in the now arena. The crowd just didn't seem invested. They worked their ass off. It was a great yep. match. Jericho looked great. Came yep. back with the Lionheart fucking tights. Brian looks fantastic every time he's in the ring. I just could not, for the life of me, bro, get invested in what they were doing here. I don't know. God damn it, it's Osekwi again. Osekwi! Oh my hey.
2: god!
0: Osekwi! Where's my fucking, uh, where's my uh, sound effects here, man? Let me, uh, what do I got here? Do I have, uh, yeah. Osekwi with a $500 super chat. Three nights in a row for Osekwi, bro. Jeez. Oh, my my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We got to read. We got to read what he says before we get into dancing in Jericho. Gents calling it for the night, but we'll listen to the rest of the show tomorrow. Thank you both for all that you do. Wasn't perfect, clearly, but an enjoyable weekend of pro wrestling across the board. Nonetheless, FYI, Tony said that she's cool with Rosa, but it's all about titles and she'll beat Rosa. Have a happy and safe Labor Day, OTS fam. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, Osekwe, oh, we uh we love you, brother as always. I've said this the last two nights. Enjoy your Labor Day, man, and, and take it take it in. Enjoy it. Enjoy it with the family. Whatever you're doing, Osekwe, oh, man. I, I think I think I may have to just hand over the keys to the building, bro.
1: Well, I don't know, man. He mentioned the scrum. We don't want him to get benched by uh, nobody's. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. So, yeah, kid, yeah. Well, let's kid, let's bench kid. everybody, including Osaquui. <laughs> right? For I uh, mentioned in the scrum.
1: Fuck out of here, Osaque. Yeah. No, that, that okay, so so that that reaction makes sense. You know, hey, you know, I'm cool with her, but it's about titles and I'm gonna win. Okay. I just thought she had this mega heat out of out of nowhere. And I'm gonna fucking kill them. Like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah,
1: where'd that come from? Okay, makes sense.
0: Thank you, Osakui, as always, brother. We love you, man. Um, Jericho and Danielson, Jesse. I, I, I just, I just wasn't invested. Like I was invested, but I also wasn't invested because the crowd was just. I don't know if it was fatigue or, or if it was, you know, their lack of interest in what these guys. I don't, I don't know why these two are in the ring and nobody's interested in what they're doing. I honestly feel like if this was earlier in the show, it would have been a completely different story.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, it was. You know, so the the crowd did kind of get behind it a little bit. You know, like halfway, three quarters away into it. You know because how can you not when you get, you know, Danielson and Jericho in the ring, but yeah, man, it's been a long night. We have no antics here. There's no foolery. There's no nothing. There's just straight met wrestling. Yep. And that deep into a show like this can easily have the crowd just kind of be like, "Woo," you know, just sit down and take a breath and chill and just watch what's going on. And they're putting on the type of match and telling the kind of story that it takes them 15 minutes to, you know, get out of second gear. You
0: know? This is this is the product, uh, I, and, I, and I mean this wholeheartedly. Um, this is the product of these shows going way too long. Yeah. This is this is the product of these shows going way too long. Um, I'm going to make a comparison. If you put, and they had a tremendous match too, Riddle and, and Rollins on, on Clash of the Castle. If you put the, those two guys on in this spot, they'll get the same fucking reaction that Danielson and Jericho got. They'd be fatigued. No matter how good the fucking matches. Yeah. And that's the product of this show being way too long. They did not really find any like excitement here. It was just it was, I mean, the crowd seemed bored. And if I feel yeah. like this would this open the show, it would have been a completely different story. But um, you know, the ending I could see why people didn't like the ending after all this, it ended with a low blow. But Jericho came out and had an interview backstage and addressed Daniel Garcia. We didn't see no Daniel Garcia out there during this, this match, but it was a great, it was a great wrestling match. I mean, they worked very well together. Danielson. I'm sorry, Jessica. No, no, they do. You're right. Yeah. said they do. Danielson laid in some yes kicks. Jericho counted into the walls. Uh, Danielson escaped the walls and landed at Tope Suicida, which I thought he almost fucking killed himself. Danielson climbed the ropes. Jericho avoided a diving headbutt. Danielson avoided the lion salt, went for the LeBell lock. They went back and forth for position until Jericho hit a tombstone, and then a lion salt for two. Danielson then started to come back, hit Jericho's head, and he applied the LeBell lock. Jericho somehow fought out of it, got the walls of Jericho on. Danielson transitioned into a triangle, forcing Jericho to reach the ropes. Danielson ran the ropes. Jericho turned it into, I guess it looked like a co-breaker of sorts. It didn't look like he connected oh. all of it, but Hold it on. looked like Hoolig- a sloppy Hoolig- co-breaker.
1: Hooligrim is turning into fucking Edgar Estrada over here now. What, what the happened? fuck? What what What's the going on? He's
0: not dealing with me treating him like a bitch now. Hooligrim, Jesse's not treating you like a bitch, bro. Just reach out to me in DM, man. We'll talk later. What the fuck, man? Hooligrim does a fantastic job, bro. He's, he's, he was only listening to me because uh, I said ban or you know, get rid of anybody mentioning the scrum.
1: Jeez,
0: man. Um, Danielson, after the lion tamer, the real lion tamer, Jericho applied it. Danielson reached the ropes. Danielson mostly flipped out on a German suplex, uh, and then he hit the Busaiko knee for a near fall. Danielson locked on cattle mutilation. Jericho reached the ropes. Then he laid in repeated kicks until Jericho rolled them up. Danielson laid in hammer and anvil elbows. Jericho low blowed Danielson because there was a spot where they got tied up with Aubrey. Her official, uh, the uh, the official Aubrey Edwards, her view was obstructed. Low blow, and that was basically it. Roy covered Danielson for the one, two, three after a Judas effect, and he beats Danielson on pay per view. I don't remember the last time Danielson. Has even won on pay per view, bro. I think we may have to go back to when he beat Miro at full gear. I think so, right? Possibly. Either way, good match. What are you doing there? Hooligan told me to shut up. Oh. Hooligrim told you to shut up. I need you to speak because you're the co-host. here. But he, Hooligrim told me to shut up. Hooligrim's not the host, bro. I don't know what to do now. Man. You speak. I'm the boss here. Oh,
1: oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so. What was your question again then?
0: I don't even know what I was talking about. now. Me either. Hooligrim told me to shut up, man. <laughs> Judas Effect, Danielson hasn't won since he beat Miro at Full Gear. Losing quite a bit on pay-per-view. Is it an issue with Danielson? I don't think so.
1: No. No, man. Um, Like I said before, I think Danielson is just going through the motions, man. I think think he's just having fun doing what he likes to do for right now. Yeah. I really do. I really, 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 really do. Um,
0: No no Daniel Garcia here. We only got Daniel Garcia watching the match from the back. I figured he'd kind of play a factor into this thing. Uh, So what happened with Daniel Garcia is that Jericho cheated with the low blow and then the Judas effect, pinning Brian one, two, three. Garcia was upset at Jericho because he thought Jericho was going to go out there and show everybody that he was the best wrestler in the world. Jericho thinks he did. But Daniel Garcia got in Jericho's face. You cheated, bro. You cheated. You know, and then after the match was over, Jericho Appreciation Society came out and celebrated with Jericho. He did not. So Jericho got in Daniel Garcia's face and said, why weren't you out there? you cheated. I didn't want to go out there because you, you told me you weren't going to cheat, and you ended up cheating. So now Jericho says, Jesse, that when Daniel Garcia wrestles of Uta for the Pure Championship on Wednesday, none of the Jericho Appreciation Society is going to be in his corner to help him out. He's got to do it by himself. I actually quite like that, uh, that little back and forth and that little stipulation there. It may lead to Daniel Garcia coming up with a conclusion to this entire thing and where his allegiance may lie.
1: So how long can they drag this out? Not, I mean, not too much look, more it, looks, too much. it just
0: looks like he just doesn't want to be there and he wants to turn. So Not like, too much What is more. the
1: hesitation there for?
0: I don't know. He's got to turn.
1: You know, I mean, it just, it just, the, the, look, man, I get, I get that, you know, tell a longer story, but this just feels like it's just being drug out for no reason at all. Cause it feels like he's already turned, but then he didn't turn and then he's going to turn. I mean, it just, I don't know. It just, he's, it's like he's still, he's half in, half out. Like, why would he expect Jericho to be out there to help him if he just sat his ass in the back and didn't help Jericho? That's just unreasonable. You just sat in the back and didn't do shit. Now you expect to help yourself? Yeah. And let's see where they're going with it. Let's see where they're going. Let's do the turn. we The crowd is waiting to cheer this guy as a mega baby face, yes. man. Let's do it.
0: Does this lead to Garcia and Jericho getting a one-on-one match? I have no idea. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where where we're going with this. Absolutely. Who's the best in the world? Daniel Garcia or Chris Jericho? We'll find out soon. Be a a fantastic match. You know, I couldn't wait to see it. Darby Allin, Sting, and Miro. This was uh, next to last at the the top of uh, the entire show here. Uh, Miro, Sting, and Darby versus the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, And Buddy Matthews, this was a fun match. House of Black is always a joy to watch. Darby was bumping all over the place. I did not like the ending of this match. I thought the ending of this was absolutely ridiculous, but we may have a bigger story on our hands here as to why we got what we got here and the conclusion of this entire thing. Miro and Black started it off. Buddy quickly tagged in, and he was back body dropped by Miro. We did not see C.J. Perry, by the way, even though uh, Julia Hart was out there looking like the Wicked Witch of the fucking East. I thought we were going to get her, too. Um, Darby is wanting a tag Miro did not tag him and he wanted to do this all on his own Uh, he uh, took care of Buddy Matthews Darby finally got in he and Buddy had a nice little exchange Malachi tagged in, took Darby out with a big kick House of Black was completely dominated or dominating um, and threw Darby around ragdolling him all over the ring Darby eventually reached Sting for a hot tag and Sting ran wild on everybody Stinger splashes to everybody He fought off Buddy and Brody to uh, lock on the Scorpion Death Lock. Sting shrugged off some repeated strikes until Malachi applied a knee bar. Miro tried to drag them to the ropes. Buddy cut him off with a kick. Buddy avoided a tackle from Miro and sent him into the steel steps. Darby took him out with a tope suicida. Inside the ring, Black set up for a black mass, but Sting hit him with Black Mist And Darby locked on the last supper cradle for the win. And the House of Black loses yet again in AEW. Jesse, apparently from people in attendance there, Malachi waved goodbye to the fans. He embraced the the House of Black and kissed goodbye to the fans, almost as if he's going away.
1: Yeah, um, Tony Khan um, mentioned that. Oh, it was brought up and it was mentioned in in the scrum. Um, He says something to the effect of, nah, don't worry about it, it's fine, blah, blah, blah. He was just waving. He
0: he blew it off as a non-issue, basically. Malachi reportedly asked for his release, and it was denied, uh, clearly. Um, But then it came out that things were smoothed over between AEW and Malachi Black, but apparently he's undergoing some personal issues and... It's to a point where his uh, his uh, passion is not there. He's dealing with some personal issues. Whether that's injury-related or not, we don't know. It's none of our business. Um, it seems like Malachi Jesse may be going away for a little bit. Uh, he st- he'd still be under contract, but they may give him a sabbatical or a hiatus away from the company to go tend to his injuries or, or his, his personal issues. He feels a little distant. Yeah. He feels a little distant as, as of the last few weeks, you know.
1: And then him eating this pen right here. I mean, put it like this. At this point, at this stage of the game, TK knows about the 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 way that fans are unhappy with the way Malik has being booked. Yeah, He's well aware of that. So that being said, to have him eat the pen himself tonight feels like it was done deliberately and for a reason. I think we'll find out what that reason was in the upcoming week or two.
0: Yeah, I uh, I had said beforehand. I said it uh, not only tonight, but on a, on a recent uh, extra that I did. Malachi should, uh, if all was all right and things were smoothed over, uh, Malachi should black mass sting and pin Sting and give Sting his first loss in AEW. Clearly, that didn't happen. Sting misted him in the face and Darby pinned him one two three. It definitely, like Jesse said, it really felt deliberate and it was done on purpose. They could have pinned anybody in that. they could have pinned Buddy Matthews for all we care, but why did it have to be Malachi? Malachi is 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 a, is a talent bro that you know and this is the fucking problem this is what i was afraid of from day one you know he, he's working in a fucking tag team which is great he's working in a trios which is great fine but malachi is a singles competitor malachi is a big enough guy that you can plug him in bro it should malachi should be vying for the tnt title and, and, and warlow malachi is big enough and good enough to be a world champion in this company bro but he hasn't really wrestled solo the majority, of the, t- the only time I believe he wrestled solo was when he came in and wrestled Cody Rhodes. That was it. Other well, than that, he's been, in a fu- he's been in a fucking tag
1: team. Well, they, g- they gave him a stable. They grew their stable. You know, the stable grew by, you know, by two. I mean. All right, so
0: Buddy Matthews and Brody King could be the fucking tag team. Malachi yeah, no, should be I the agree, singles man. guy.
1: I'm trying to make some sense out of this shit, but yeah. Like I said, it feels like Malachi's just been off lately, man. So maybe, you know, his his issues are just I mean, maybe that is the reason that he's feeling off. You know, maybe his his booking has been lackluster because of, you know, him saying, hey, I need to step back a little bit here or there. You know, I'll do all out. But blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe it's not all TK's bad booking is what I'm trying to say.
0: All we know is Malachi should be booked a lot better. um uh, Is he upset with creative? Absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not any fucking secret. Open your eyes. We could see that, but I mean, he, he's been in a tag team the majority of his first year. Not really a good look for him. I think that yeah. needs to change. Yeah. Um. We got the World Championship. Finally, we're here. World Championship. CM Punk and John Moxley. They went 20 minutes. It was uh, everything that we had wanted out of that first match in Cleveland. This was a classic main event. Hot crowd. Great near falls. Everything you want out of a World Championship match. Post-match, we got the answer to who the Joker was. MJF came out and unmasked himself. This was a great match. Everything you want out of a world championship match. Punk got busted open. He was bleeding buckets out there. <laughs> so, Punk landed a Tope Suicida. They brawled into the stands. They moved back towards the ring. Punk sent Moxley into the steel steps. Moxley returned Fire. Busted Punk open all over the place. Moxley continued to lay in chops, smashing his face into the steel steps on the outside. This became, honestly, uh, the referee just let it go. Why not? It's a world championship match. So Moxley continued to lay in some chops, some forearms. Punk came back with a rising knee. Moxley stopped the um, offensive Punk to try and come back. attack Punk's surgically repaired leg. Moxley locked on a deathlock, twisting the leg and the ankle. Punk was only to uh, was only able to escape by raking at Moxley's eyes. Uh, Moxley regained control, targeted Punk's leg again. Moxley hit a pile driver on Punk. He got a, a two count. Punk regained control by sending Moxley into the ring, plos, uh, ring post. He applied an anaconda vice. Moxley escaped, kicked Punk right in the head. He climbed the rope, did Punk. Went up top, went for the diving elbow, but Moxley locked on a rear naked choke as he caught Punk coming off the top rope before transitioning into a bulldog choke, did Moxley. Punk escaped, hit another high kick. Moxley quickly fired back, rebound lariat. Both guys are down. They traded finisher attempts before Punk laid in some punches. Got a neck breaker on Moxley. Moxley blocked the GTS. He hit a death rider. He got a near fall out of that. Moxley locked on another bulldog choke. Punk tried to power out and eventually rolled through before hitting a GTS. He couldn't follow up as Moxley fell down right on top of him. And that got a big reaction. Punk went for a second GTS, nailed it, won the championship, one, two, three. And that was the match. After the match was over, the lights went out. We got a voicemail playing with the lights out. And Tony Khan's voice could be heard talking to MJF about paying him a lot of money to show up at All Out. The camera cut to the Joker from earlier in the show with the same mask. MJF from behind said, I am the devil himself, unmasking and putting on the Burberry scarf. We also saw clips of CM Punk saying basically the same thing. MJF's music played. He walked out on the ramp and on the stage. Huge MJF chants. Punk posed in the ring with the title, and MJF made a belt signal towards his waist, flipped the crowd off, and that's the way the show went off the air. I thought it was a—listen, it was a good show. It was a very entertaining show. Was I entertained? Yes. Um, Some of the matches, some of the big-time matches did not live up to expectation. Some of the crowd was dead for some of the show. Um, I feel like half of the show could have been cut out and put on Dynamite on Wednesday— And we would have gotten to the same point and it would have been a lot better for it. These shows are way too fucking long. Every single time we come on here after an AEW show, it's the same thing. But regardless of that, I hope it changes. I enjoyed myself tonight and we got MJF back. So all is right in the world outside of what happened at the scrum tonight with CM Punk, which we don't have any other information on. But I thought it was a good show, Jesse.
1: No, it was a it was a a fantastic show. You know, it. If if there's anybody saying it was a bad show or not a great show, I mean, maybe they were just a little bit clouded by uh, Clash at Cardiff. I yep. mean, because, I mean, look, Clash was fucking good, man. It was really good. It doesn't make All Out bad. It just means Clash was a little bit better, man. That's all. And um, unfortunately, and this is why I don't think this is a work. The events at the media scrum has completely overshadow all of the work that the men and women put into the ring tonight.
0: It's almost it as, as if did. it's almost as if punk hates when the attention is on anybody but him. That's what it I mean
1: the antics and the shit that he pulled at the media scrum tomorrow morning and all of the headlines are going to overshadow the work that everyone did in that fucking ring. And that's not that's not right, man. It's not right. I mean, he didn't leave. I mean, he couldn't even wait till we get through the night, get through the day. Let the you know, let the wrestlers get their praise and their and their you know their flowers and all that shit. No, right away tomorrow's headline: CM Punk fucking goes off on the entire roster, not the fucking work that everyone did, not not fucking Phoenix landing on a fucking ladder, you know, not not Jungle Boy getting destroyed by Lucha Soros. No, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Yeah, I don't think this is a work because. That's very poor, very piss poor placement of this, of this, uh, of this work. And now that's the talk of the town instead of the,
0: the pay-per-view. So it's not, it's not a good look. It's just not a good look, man. Is everybody excited for Dynamite coming out of this show? I think the resounding answer is yes. So, uh, job well done by Tony Khan tonight. And, uh, minus all this CM Punk drama, I thought it was a great show. And, uh, I'm looking forward to what's happening. Uh, I I wish uh, some of these days would uh, calm down, but it seemingly looks like uh, our Labor Day is going to be filled with drama on the pro wrestling side of things, and all I want to do is just fucking rest, you know, but I don't think that's going to happen. Thank you guys for joining me tonight, man. We reached 4,100 in the chat. Unbelievable tonight. We're going to go over the Super Chats, which are unbelievable tonight. 1,500 likes. 1,500 likes. Attained. I appreciate you guys very much. And we got seven new members. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go follow Jesse on Twitter as well. You see his at right on screen there, at Smart. Hit that subscribe button if you have not done so. I am here weekly, every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And then Sunday with the flagship podcast. When there's no five-hour pay-per-view on a Sunday. And make sure you guys again continue to hit that thumbs up. Every little bit helps. I appreciate you guys. Let's get into the super chats. Sinister Classic with a $20 super chat. That was definitely MJF. Paid Hathaway to form a group of upset AEW stars to get the job done for him. Remember, he did pay off W Marcy to take out Wardlow. Also, if anyone is mad at that ladder match, at that ladder match, remember Money in the Bank 2019. I would rather not, Sinister. Thank you. That's exactly where it looks like we're going. Hathaway was paid by MJF to assemble everybody that MJF kind of knew or had a helping hand in on the indies. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. Well, Roman Reigns has to step up now because Kenny Omega just gave another five-star match. I don't think Roman Reigns is worried about Kenny Omega, bro. Triple H era with a 499 chat. Thanks for all your hard work and everything you do for us. Don't let the haters get to you. OTS for life. I never do, Triple H. Thank you, bro. Tony Brown with a 199 chat Didn't see it, my friend. Tony Brown, you missed booty meat tonight, bro. Where were you? We can't talk about booty meat if Tony Brown is not in attendance. No, he just told you. He didn't see any booty meat. He didn't see it? He didn't see it. I thought he meant he didn't see the show. No,
1: no. Tony Storm was in the ring, but he didn't see any booty meat. He's right. It's all
0: good. <sighs> Jake Coyle with a five in UK. TK's booking of HOB. House of Black is really starting to annoy me. How is he getting it so wrong? Gotta go, so I'll catch the stream tomorrow. OTS for life. I don't know, bro. I think Malachi's going to be on his way out, whether it's uh, a sabbatical or Tony Khan's going to let him just uh, let him walk. We don't know yet. Trissy Drew with the 499 Super Jazz show felt a bit weird. I think WWE doing two pay-per-views took some steam off of All Out. Wonder if MJF actually got a bonus, no extension, or did sign an extension. Clash of the Castle definitely took some steam out of All Out, bro, but Worlds Collide was disappointing today, man. NXT had nothing to do with taking any steam away from AEW. Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes, though, fucking killed it. Michelle Moran with a $5 super giant, Not a bad paper. You can't believe MJF got a larger pop in Chicago than Punk. Jericho Bryan was my match of the night. I wonder what Mox does now. Jericho O'Brien had a great match, Michelle, but I wouldn't call it match of the night. And Mox, I think maybe they go after the trios at some point. Kind of rekindle that Bryan Omega feud there over the trios title. I like that. Uh Raging Girl Gamer with 24 months rage. Thank you so much. 13 months. Love my OTS. I don't know why you're saying 13 months rage. This is 24 months. Love my OTS fam, JD and Jesse, the two goats of the IWC. Oh, yeah, I miss Omas. He would have gotten a bigger pop than MJF ever would in Chicago. Rage, I may have to dump you for that comment.
2: I'm
0: <laughs> we got Braun Strowman coming back, man. What do you think about that, Jesse? I don't
1: hate it as much as you, man. I think I think a guy like Strowman is made for WWE.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, don't, I don't I don't hate it. I kind of want to see what Triple H can do with him. I don't think we're gonna get the same old shit that we already got. And I mean, he's not doing shit in control. I like I like how he has to control his own narrative, but then go back to WWE. I thought that was fucking hilarious.
2: My name but
1: is they'll find something. They'll find something cool for him. Man, he's not that fucking bad. He's better than Omos, you know. So
2: when am not done with you yet? <laughs> exact,
0: be, this is exactly where we're going, bro. Give me a fucking break with this guy. Come on. <laughs> um. The J. Caleb Show with a ten dollar super chat doesn't get any better than Punk holding up the belt in Chicago and the crowd chanting MJF, MJF. Yes, that was great.
1: That was fucking epic, man. They were I, like I said, whenever Punk comes back, whenever MJF comes back, man, he's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be a fucking mega ovation. They chanted MJF in Chicago.
0: Yes, that was fucking amazing, man. Vincent O'Connell with a $10 Super job. MJF wearing the Ghost Nameless Ghoul mask with Symphony for the Devil playing was priceless. JD rules. Yes, it was awesome. We love MJF, man. No, no. He was the masked magician, bro. He was the masked magician. You ever watched that show? I love that yes. show. Yes. That was fucking great, man. I was more of a Chris Angel guy. Oh, yeah. He did Chris Angel's uh,
1: tricks in there, too. He exposed a lot of the major magicians, man.
0: Uh, Yeezos with a 999 Super Chat. Good show tonight. Some questionable outcomes. Hoping everything is good with Malachi Black. I hope so too, bro. Malachi's a great talent. Uh, Boxhead with a 999 Super Chat. Notes acclaimed over as fuck. Hobbs and Starks are stars. Miro left out of the heel tunnel. Best match acclaimed. Starks and Hobbs. Jade Cargill look great. Hater love equals booty meat times a 1,000. Vox said, you thought the Starks and Hobbs match was one of the best matches of the night? You didn't mention the trios match, bro. With uh, Omega and the Elite and the Dark Order. And yes, yeah, Jamie, listen, bro. Jamie Hater has booty meat that rivals Tony Storm. I'm not a dummy. Whoever's with Jamie Hater is a lucky, lucky man. Sidra with a $5 super chat what do Undertaker's bath towels say his and hers (laughs) oh man Sidra you got a you got a boost sound effect over there Jesse now he's got the uh, womp 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 Chris Phoenix with a two month membership Loved the show. Trios and tag title matches put on a hell of a show. But TK, here's hoping for a better House of Black. I agree with you, Chris. Versified with a 199 Super Chat. Three letters, three words. LTB, long-term booking. You know brother. People got to get with the program. Boxhead with a 499 Super Chat. My first live show since Austin won the title on Raw versus Taker. Rating 7 out of 10. Almost shouted, hater, scissor me. But didn't want to get kicked out. Bro, I think there's not one fucking male alive on this planet that wouldn't love to scissor Jamie Hayden. Not me,
1: man. I'm a happily married man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I know you are, but don't bullshit me. Uh, Sandro Gill with a 499 Super Chat. What's up, bro? Have you heard the new Megadeth album? It's effing amazing. Yes, I did. It's all right, Sandro. I think it kind of falls off after the first half. Uh, Sidra with a $5 super chat. Why couldn't Kurt Hawkins light his own birthday candles? He lost all his matches. <laughs> Why can't Shawn Michaels be a cardiologist? He's the heartbreak kid. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, bro. DJ with a Did not super job. I'm so excited. This was a great show. TK did it again. Yeah, it was a good show, man. It wasn't AEW's best, but it was a good show. Uh, Woofness Wave, 16-month membership. Thank you, brother, for the recommitment to the VIP club. That reaction for MJF was epic. This title feud is going to be memorable for sure. I can't wait, bro. Grand Slam is where it should be.
1: What my wife is in the chat. I had no idea. She was watching.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: What? I had no idea.
0: Hey, babe. Jesse's in trouble. Oh, it's out of man, my bro. hands. You can never take away the power of my
1: Needs Jamie hater when I have my wife
0: uh sinister classic with a two dollar super chat Enjoy the debate between you two on punk and mox thank you brother uh nathan hexam with a for a 9.99 a 999.99 super chat. i don't mean a short change jackson yeah, it's late thank you so much brother hey jd and jesse how are you very good all out looking towards uh possibly hater finally being her own against baker a claim now being hot as hell Garcia versus Yuta, and honestly, MJF winning at Grand Slam. Keep it up as always, OTS for Life. Nathan, thank, thank, thank you so much for the ninety nine, ninety nine, dollars brother. We love you, man. That's a lot of money, man. Thank you so much for all of your support. I'm looking forward to Jamie Hitter as well, man. She's awesome. And the acclaimed, love watching new stars being made, bro. Yes, Jesse got caught in 4K. He's sleeping on the couch tonight. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. All that was awesome. What was your favorite match? Bradley, I enjoyed the uh, trios championship match and uh, the tag team title match. Tag team wrestling at its finest, bro. Sidro with a $10 Super Chat. Just wanted to say that your podcasts and extras get me through the day. I've been feeling down in life for a while, but you helped me through it. Keep doing what you're doing. Much love, my tribal chief. Thank you, Sidro. We love you in the venue, bro. Even though Jesse doesn't like your jokes, we like you. I love all of them. We love you, bro. Kern Cluck with a nah four ninety nine 99 SuperJet. Punk's voice was lowered in the scrum almost like a devil talking, like lowered in tone, like really artificially bassy. I don't know, man. I want to believe it's all at work. Believe me. I think you're just maybe looking too much into that, uh, Cluck. Asheville with a UK $5 super jet. Why not MJF versus Punk at both Grand Slam and Full Gear? Punk wins at Grand Slam and MJF wins the title of Full Gear. No. No, MJF is not back to lose, bro. MJF is winning the title no questions asked, and he should be Punk for it imminently. I think think MJF is back.
1: He's gonna win the title, and I think he's gonna hold on to that title for an
0: extremely
1: long time.
2: Yes, we're
0: going on. We're going on a ride, man. We're going on one of them fucking long title reigns. Get used to it. Yes. Uh Miggy Saito with a two hundred and and I don't know what currency this is, but Miggy, thank you so much, brother. Hey, JD, I'm new here. Glad to be in this community. Well, we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you, Miggy. What are you drinking, brother? Current clock with a one ninety never mind. All the mics have been lowered. There you go. Jerry Ramirez with a new membership. Jerry, what are you drinking, bro? Frank Aquilino with a $4.99 Super Chat. Swerve Lee and the Acclaim showed how good they are tonight. Put some respect on their name. Swerve and Lee are stars. Yes, they are. They were stars in WWE, but the old man and fuck and fuck Bruce Pritchard didn't think so. Hologram with a $5 super chat. I liked MJF returning. I just didn't like it being on the Tron first before he appeared in the crowd. Or to the crowd I'm nitpicking But I've been watching Wrestling too long I thought it was great bro I thought they executed it perfectly jo- Joseph Taylor With a 2 super jet FTR will win the titles At full gear Oh yeah What titles Tag team titles They can't carry Any more fucking titles man Now we got the acclaim To deal with bro They gotta come out With a
1: wheelbarrow To carry all those Fucking
0: titles Jerry Ramirez With a 4 super chat. Enjoyed today's pay-per-view, but I do agree that it was too long. Quality over quantity, always. Hope you and Jesse have a great rest of the night. We will, Jerry. Thank you so much, brother. And yes, it was definitely too long. I I always take quality over quantity, man. The takeover method. JDC Biggins with a two-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, uh, Biggins. Just got done watching it. I paused it for three hours so I could fast-forward through the matches. I didn't care about, LOL. Well, hopefully you didn't pay $50 for it. Tommy Brannigan with a $5 Super Chat. Absolutely awesome show. was all out, but there's too many matches and need away with the pre show matches. I don't mind a pre show, but I don't think we need four matches and then fucking 11 on the actual card. Nathan Smith with a Kanata $2 Super Chat. Malachi Black is the pin eater. Yes, he is. You can join Bray Wyatt being the eater of pins. JW Universe with a new membership. JW, what are you drinking tonight, man? Angel Alaga with a $100 super chat. Angel, thank you so much, brother. Gunther and Sheamus was awesome, and MJF needs to beat Punk ASAP. Great stream as always, JD and Jesse. Also 15 matches, is too many. 9 or 10 is perfect for AEW. There was 11 on the show tonight, Angel. I think we need to lower that down to 7 or 8. Biggins with a $2 super chat. Hey, $3,500, i am here. Hit the thumbs up, people. Hit the thumbs up, says Biggins. Jermaine Greer with a new membership. Jermaine, what are you drinking tonight in the venue, man? Biggins with a $2 super chat. Yay, 1K likes now. Thank you, Biggins. Thank you for uh, all of the uh, enthusiasm there, Biggins. Ty Sloan with a $5 super chat. Do you think Paige and Punk will be a personal feud? Or do you think they will ignore? Also, Punk spreads so much hate towards Page. I don't know why. Couldn't. I don't think. I don't think
1: Hangman is going to want to work with CM Punk, bro. No. And and that'll and that'll be the,
0: another tale that this is not a work. What was the match of the weekend? I'm probably going to go with the. Uh, I'm going to go with either Sheamus, Gunther, or the trios matches. Uh, the trios match with the, with the titles on the line tonight. Uh, JMB with a Kanata $2 Superjet. It leaves no message. Ty Sloan with a $5 Superjet. Thoughts on Jericho dissing Triple H over NXT and AEW? I didn't know the man hated Hunter so much. They had weird, funny moments back in the day. Said Nothing Jericho said was uh, false. Jericho's take on it is the same exact take that I have. NXT was not developmental. Triple H even said so. Jericho? Yeah. Pretty much that Triple H was a bullshit artist. Because he said uh, Triple H in the uh, interview with Ariel Hawani said that, oh yeah, AEW beat our developmental. He's like, yeah, NXT sucks. Jericho. Because he was going to give a corporate answer uh drizzy drew with a 499 super chat yeah i think the punk presser will lead to more divide evps won't like that don't think that reaction was planned at all even tony looked puzzled well tony should have cut his fucking microphone off and told him to go hit the showers nathan hexam eight months thank you brother on top of your 100 super chat also i believe the dark order is turning heel on hangman on wednesday i don't think so bro i think the dark order is uh way too popular to be uh hated like that man C. Jags with a 499 Super Chat. I'm glad Punk buried Hangman in the media scrum after All Out. What Hangman did to him was downright disrespectful, and Punk got him back well-deserved. Uh, I don't think it's uh, a good look, C. Jags. I think both men should have talked it out privately amongst themselves like real men. I, Instead, think, we they found, did... I think we found C. and Punk's
1: burner account. Yeah, Maybe.
0: Maybe. Game over, brother, with a seven-month membership. Holy hell, CM Punk set that media scrum on fire. My jaw dropped. I don't know what this is, but that felt real to me. Keep killing it, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, game over. Biggins with a $5 super job. I hope MJF and Big Cass, <clears throat> I mean Morrissey, are paired up long-term. Both deserve to be on top. Should be a good pairing, bro. Ben's Xbox Fortress with a new member. Thank you, Ben. I'm a PS5 guy. David works with a $2 super chat. How is CM Punk heel for telling the truth tonight? Just listen to the way he speaks. He's a fucking heel. Two burner accounts.
1: (laughs) Ben's Xbox fortress. I mean, I mean, look, 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 all kidding aside. I'm not here to get into. If what Punk said was true or not. It's the platform and the manner in which he chose to say what he said. That's not professional. That's not right to do. So, what he did tonight was not right. All right. If he got things to say of that nature, he can say them to the faces of the people he's talking to, or talk to us uh, uh, to say uh, to a uh, to, uh, to, uh, Tony Khan in the back, not in the middle of the fucking media
0: scrum. No. Ben's Xbox Fortress, $5 super chat. Jade is boring. TK did Athena dirty, uh, dirty. How many women will they bury for Jade? I don't know, bro. Athena deserves better, yes. Biggins with a $2 super chat. Tony needs to pull a Vince and bury Punk for his shit. Cam G with a $20 super chat. JD, I went live for all out on my TikTok. I had, one over, I had over 1K viewers and 70K likes. Really? I always come back and thank you for inspiring me to have my own voice in the IWC. Much love as always. And the all out ending was brilliant. That's a lot of likes, bro. 70K likes? Holy shit. Only 1,000 live viewers. Only 1,000 live viewers?
1: Why? 1,000 live viewers, but 70,000 likes.
0: Maybe I don't understand TikTok, Randy, though. Captain Solo. $5 $5 dollar super Jet. you think it's possible Tony Khan can turn heel like Eric Bischoff and Punk will play a Hollywood Hogan-type heel, forming a new heel faction? I don't know, bro. I want to think this is all a work, but it's looking like it's not. Joseph Taylor with a $5 chat. I'm going to say this right now. CM Punk needs to wake up and realize this isn't WCW. This is AEW. He's no Hulk Hogan. He is Phil CM Brooks Punk. I think he knows who he is, bro. Dom Wapo with a one ninety nine Super Chat. Maybe Cody saw this coming and decided to leave. Maybe. Cody was there with CM Punk. He knows. Biggins with a $2.00 Super Chat. 4K, hit that thumbs up, y'all. Punk shit, good for business. Mike B with a 4 dollars Super Chat. I wonder how this makes Moxley feel. Moxley's living a good life, bro. Moxley's happy. Moxley knows his worth and what value he brings to the company. Biggins with a $2 Super Chat. You're popular tonight. I'm always popular, bro. Theme parks and things with Johnny. $5 Super Chat. I agree with JD. Too many matches, all out, could have had less matches. Thank you, brother. Hula Grimm with a $5 Super Chat. Tonight proves one thing way too much wrestling in one weekend. Hands cramping, trying to mob this nut house tonight. Fuck you, Tony Khan. Hooligan, take it easy, bro. Go get some sleep, man. Biggins with a $2 super chat. Huli, take a 15-minute coffee break. Just breathe. Listen to Biggins, Hulagrim. Said Suka with a four ninety nine super chat. You got to hear that promo, JD. That was a shoot. He completely buried EVPs and Hangman and Khan just sat there while he did it. Wow. I'm going to watch it after the stream is over, bro. Cam G with a $10 super chat. Just watch the media scrum with Punk. I don't know if it's a work, a shoot, a work shoot. Personally, I don't care. If it's real, that's TK's problem. Either way, I'm here for the chaos. Cash the kid with a $199 super chat. Look at Kevin Owens' recent tweet. Let me see.
1: I would love to, but I'm blocked. And somebody that I know has made no
0: effort to get me unblocked like I got him unblocked. Kevin Owens' recent tweet is him punching Stone Cold Steve Austin. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. I can't see the tweet. Bro, these people don't like me, bro. Half of that locker room fucking hates me. Not today, Jay, with a new membership. Majin Bro with a new membership. Thank you, gentlemen. What are you guys drinking? Not today, Jay. With a four ninety nine super chat, is it just me or does Britt Baker have the worst sling blade? Yeah, it's not. It's not good, bro. It's not good. Most of raw offense is not good, but we already knew that. Triple H with a four ninety nine super chat. What do you see happening on Dynamite? Me enjoying it. Jesse enjoying it. Golden Boy with a two dollar super chat. CM Punk is trending number four, and AEW is number five. Smart. I wink emoji. Listen, Golden Boy, I want to believe it's a work, bro. I really do. Tony Khan, he, he may be fucking sick in the mind, bro, but if this is a work, he's a genius. Prabesh with a $4.99 SuperJ. I love the pairing and the chemistry you guys have. The analysis is top-notch, solid show tonight, but I'm taking Sheamus and Gunther over anything tonight. Listen, bro, I'm not going to argue with you at all. That was a tremendous match. I'd actually actually book this feud all the way to WrestleMania and have Sheamus take the title off Gunther at WrestleMania. Osa I cannot thank you enough for the tremendous weekend, bro. 500 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Tremendous. We love you, brother. Enjoy your Labor Day, man. $500 Super Chat by Osa. Biggins with a $10 Super Chat. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to smoke and watch the rest. Leave in chat. Thank you, J.D. and Jesse, for putting up with the BS this week. Raw, SmackDown, Corbin's Clash, All Out, Punk, Chat, Raw again. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you, Biggins. Man of 1,005 holds with a 13-month recommitment to the VIP club. Great wrestling weekend. Good All Out tag team title match match tonight. Hope all this gets resolved with AEW. Excited for AEW this week. OTS rules. Thank you, man of a 1,005. Dan from Detroit with a $2 super chat. Can we get an omas? I gave you an omas and a Strowman before, Dan. JD from Memphis with a 999. The way CM Punk cut off TK during the press conference multiple times just goes to show you the lack of control he has for his roster, especially CM Punk. Jerome Walker. He oh. was out there
2: eating fucking
0: snacks and shit, dude.
1: In the middle of the fucking scrum. Who? Tony Punk. Oh. Yep. Yeah. He's munched away. He had a piece of cake, he had fucking drinks out there. He just
0: It was surreal. It was weird. Jerome Walker with a 499 jet Hogan vs. Savage, Brett for Sean, real heat that bled into promos and in the ring. Not everyone wants to see scripted PG TV. Let the testosterone flow. I agree with you, bro, but there are boundaries. There are boundaries here, man. We can't be letting the, the fucking inmates run the asylum here. At the end of the gate, at the end of the day, dude, these these men and women have to
1: work together. And although real heat is always good for TV, you really don't want to put two guys in the ring to work together that
0: genuinely don't like each other. Because that's when injuries happen and shit happens jericho eighty one thirty one with a five dollar super chat what if scenario black leaves aw returns to raw in 2023 as a top heel resumes his feud with cody for the wwe championship all right listen bro nothing's out of the fucking realm of possibility nowadays tony khan knows exactly what's going to happen if he releases malachi black he'll be on he'll be on wwe television and then all will be fucking for not here James Gentry with a five dollar superjet. TK was mad about WWE running shows this weekend and said this All Out won't beat last year's show because of it. I don't know what that has to do with WWE. What does it have to do with what does it have to do with WWE? If AEW All Out wasn't as good as last year's, because of Tony Khan's fucking booking, it has nothing to do with WWE. JD from Memphis with a 9.99 super jet. JD is the tribal chief of the IWC, and Jesse is the wise man of JD. hashtag They the ones. I love it. Captain Solo with a five dollar super jet. JD, are you a fan of the band Tool? No, I think they're fucking horrendous. And who did you think had the coolest ring entrance music in the old ECW? Rob Van Dam because it was Pantera. Sandman. Sandman too because it was Metallica, but that's the easy one. Uh, Daredevil with a two dollar super chat. Do you think WWE and AW could work together? No. Triple H era one ninety nine. I think TK is afraid to punish CM Punk. I-, I think he's afraid to run his roster. Tony Brown with a one ninety nine super chat. I missed the show completely. I'm sorry, Tony Brown. I'm sorry, bro. Big Bad Lone Wolf with a $5 Super Chat. CM Punk showed us that Tony Khan has no real control over the roster change needs to happen. Oh, the roster change needs to happen. What do you think, JD? Do you feel too much freedom is a bad thing? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. He needs to be a boss and stop being a mark. King's Wrestling Talk with an Australian 1499 Super Chat. Hey, guys, just wanted to say a big thank you for all the hard work you do, both. Every week, keep me and my brother entertained every week. King regards, Josh and Greg. Love you guys. Stay safe. Thank you, Kings. Appreciate it, brother. Joseph Taylor with a 2.0 super job. I prefer Serena Deeb and Riho over Jamie. You got a fucking issue there, uh, Joseph. Hey, maybe he means as a pro wrestler, bro. We don't know what Joseph Taylor, bro. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm sorry. And Levi with a new membership. Levi, what are you drinking? And Bobby Trizzle with a $5 Super jet Triple H effect and punk effect happening at once. What a crazy wrestling year. Great review from the real Double J, J.D. and Jesse. That is, have a great one. Bobby Trizzle, I appreciate you, bro. And that's all we got, man. Any parting words before I fucking... Uh, Start the Mustang up, bro, and get the engine ready. Good night, man. Yeah, good night. Jesse's about to fucking uh, fall over here. I'm beat, bro. Jesse wants me to get my mind out of the gunner when it comes to Jamie Hayter, bro. It's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, can't you be clean and wholesome like me, bro? No. I mean, come on,
1: man.
0: I don't have anybody here listening to me on my podcast,
1: bro. Hey, hey, I act this way regardless if my wife is here or not
0: you sleeping on the couch, bro. Or maybe the floor. I don't know. Depending on her mood. Hey, man, my couch is comfortable, bro. Anyway, guys, thank you so very much for uh, joining us here on OTS. As you guys see the beautiful beer garden? The beautiful beer garden, man, with that beautiful Ferris wheel in the background. Thunder Roses tacos. She's going full-time tacos for the next two months, man. She's there. You guys can get whatever's on her menu on Monday That's because that's, that's when I'll be live again for Monday Night Raw. Should be a great show. Coming out of Clash of the Castle. OTS, uh, we're getting Monday Night Raw tomorrow. If there's any extra, guys, uh, you guys will know. But I would rather there not be an extra because I want to enjoy the afternoon and have a cold beverage and take a nap and maybe throw some chicken on the grill, some hot dogs or something. I don't know. I don't know guys anyway thank you for the thumbs up 1600 met you guys blew the goal away thank you for the super chats thank you for the new memberships 4100 number one in the community we were we were number one in the entire community the only thing that beat us tonight was obviously the post the post show scrum for all out you guys are great hit that thumbs up continue to hit that thumbs up hit that subscribe button down below turn on the bell for notifications follow me on social media at jd from ny206 that's twitter instagram tiktok and cameo. Follow Jesse on Twitter as well, at Chi-town Smart. Follow Jesse on YouTube, same thing, at Chi-town Smart. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. There's plenty of it during the week. If you guys missed my Clash to the Castle post show, it's live. Go check it out. And next time you'll see me, like I said, it's tomorrow night, Monday Night Raw. We'll be live in the venue for what should be a great Monday Night Raw. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Jesse's about to hit the fucking bed or the floor, or the couch, wherever his wife is going to fucking banish him for the evening. I need two things for from I mean, you. Number one, those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music on, Max. Thank you guys so very much. You guys are fucking crazy. 3.30 a.m. on East Coast, and you guys are still 3,000 large in this chat. I love you guys very much. I'll see you tomorrow for Monday Night Raw. Have a great night, and I'll see you guys later.